Welcome to Level Playing Field, a podcast where two, three, four, or sometimes even more longtime friends get together and talk about one of their favorite hobbies, video games. Today we're doing a deep dive into Final Fantasy VII Remake, finally. My name is Andrew Kimball, and I'm your host. Joining me on today's episode, we have Caleb Van Ice. Hello! And making his grand return to the podcast, Alex Van Ice. Hello! I'm back. It's been a while. Before we dive in, I just want to ask that if you enjoy our show, please tell your friends. It would really mean a lot. Also, check us out on all the various social media platforms and YouTube by searching Level Playing Field Gaming so you can interact with us. If you're still feeling generous after that, subscribing and leaving a review would be super helpful in growing our show and our community. Now, before we get started, doing something a little bit different today. Caleb made the doc. I did. Caleb's going to steer this conversation, so I'm going to turn it over to him. Let's dive into this thing because I... I will admit it's taken me a lot longer than I wanted to and expected to to beat this game, but I am really excited to talk about it now because it's pretty fresh for me right now. Yeah, I, I understand. Like there was it, part of the reason I wanted to do this is because there was a point in time earlier this summer where like literally all I was doing was Final Fantasy, and it's all I wanted to talk about. And I was actually uh, on the car ride here. I was discussing with my brother how frustrating it was when it was out because uh, you know Kingdom Hearts, which is sort of the one of Square's other big RPG series is sort of like an ever-present thing at Hot Topic or whatnot. <laughs> and when this game come out, came out, I was super invested. And I'm like, I could go for like some Final Fantasy VII merch. And like, they have none. Like, there's there's not. no like really there's... good, widely available. I mean, there you is... You can find shirts online. You can I was always say, find Caleb, shirts have, online. Have you heard of the internet? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Search Final Fantasy VII Starry Night. You'll get like three different um, shirts. Three different just, variations yeah, on the same they're... thing. I know. I know. But I wanted like something a little more, I don't know, official. And I just wasn't wasn't there. I could spend a lot of money on some really nice action figures, though. Now, um, the game came out in April. Yeah. And because I was doing a YouTube playthrough video of my playthrough, it took me forever to beat it. But this far removed from the original release and when you beat it, mm -hmm. do you still want Final Fantasy VII merch? You still like yes, feeling like, like you'd wear it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for the most part. This I Here's the other thing. I really, really enjoyed this game. Like it was, and I did not anticipate it. We'll talk about that more in a minute, but it's part of the reason why I'm like, let's, let, I have, I have things I want to cover today. Uh, the well, first let's th cover them. All right. The first thing is our own histories with Final Fantasy as a whole, because this is one of the biggest franchises in video games, but none of us are really big RPG guys, I don't think. Like, not, especially not traditional yeah. turn-based Japanese RPGs. Like, Alex is the most out of all of us, and he's I still am. like... Go play Chrono Trigger, Caleb. I um, get to it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm big into RPGs, but not JRPGs. Yeah, so he's more... You're more Western yeah. RPGs, um, Skyrim... Witcher. Witcher. Dragon um, Age, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. And these, the Final Fantasy is like, not the original, but like one of the first really, really big. I did play Nino Kuni 2, but I didn't beat it. I didn't play it. <laughs> Good for you. I have not played either of those. I might have touched it the It went demo. on a little long. <laughs> well, see, this is kind of the thing. Yeah, that's a thing about JRPGs. <laughs> Sorry about RPG fans, but that's kind of the thing about them in general is that kind of their pacing in those are hard, difficult to get right. Um, I'll say the original Final Fantasy VII, and I will probably harp on this a lot, did it really, really well. We'll get to what I think about the remakes pacing, but the original Final Fantasy VII did pacing really, really well because you things happened and you felt like you were always making progress. And it was... Which is, yeah, sometimes hard. Fun. One of the few JRPGs I have 
sunk some time into was Xenoblade Chronicles. And I played about somewhere between half and two thirds of it before getting lost. But it, it it is a problem a lot of JRPGs have is pacing. And it's they're yeah. they're yeah. first of all always long games. We're talking, you know, I, I, I complained on our last spoiler cast about how long Last of Us Part Two was. That's short for most JRPGs. Oh, yeah, They're no, yeah, 40 to <laughs> 80 hours, you know. Yeah. Last of Us Part Two is long for a story, like, you know, kind of third-person game. But for but JRPGs... For JRPGs, that's nothing. That's, no, that's 40 hours, and, which is what this game is, is. And so much of it is padded out by random encounters. <laughs> oh, boy. If I could just <laughs> oh, yeah, never no, deal with a random encounter... That's, that's like, another thing that the original does better they're still there but they're slightly better handled <laughs> but let's let's quick dive into what did before this game what was your experience with the series as a whole like final fantasy i'll start with me i have always kind of known final fantasy was out there and given my interest in fantasy stuff and having it occasionally being called like it's like the lord of the rings of gaming like the quintessential big epic fantasy game series um i don't know that i agree with that specific comparison but <laughs> yeah. like it's I, I do like fantasy. I do like weird fantasy, and I was always intrigued, but I didn't really know anything about it. Well, I mean, I I would say on that ground though that it is like the idea of this group of people coming together and going on this quest to do a thing. All of that's very has its roots in Lord of the Rings. And that that such. is that's that also just kind of fantasy, though. If you really want to boil, I it mean, down. yeah, but, <laughs> but that's also but that's part of the thing that it's been boiled down to that by Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that it, yeah. ju- that's more to speak to Lord of the Rings legacy that so much co- like the bones of it is in so many. That's true because Final right? Fantasy is copying Dungeons and Dragons, which was copying J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah, but even more to the point, uh, the first game I had any experience with, I never played it. But I had a single issue of Nintendo Power that I bought on a lark at Walmart one at one point, and it had a huge deep dive into Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles for the Nintendo GameCube, uh, which I believe either is just about to or just got within like the past year or so a like high definition remake or port or whatnot. But it always looked neat, but also very different to what most Final Fantasy games are, so it didn't really give me a good taste of it. The first Final Fantasy I ever was like, oh, okay, was um, 15, which I still didn't play, but we've talked about on the podcast how I was super invested, like, oh, this looks like it could be really good and exactly kind of the the thing I've been waiting for in terms of, like, what the vibe I always got Final Fantasy. And then the early reviews came in, and then a lot of the chatter came out, and even to this day, it's like, oh, it seems neat. Uh, But... Yeah, and then Alex played Final Fantasy VII for like two entire summers because you started yeah. it and didn't finish it. And then you're like, okay, I'll just go through the whole thing. Yeah. And it was sort of the background noise to an entire summer or <laughs> two. Two, yeah. yeah. Uh, so is that your experience with Final Fantasy? Yeah, I'll say, yeah, my experience with Final Fantasy. So I think it was, I think it started with Chrono Trigger is where I'm going to start this. I got my brother Chrono Trigger for Christmas one year. Your brother because, Caleb? Yes. Who my brother Caleb. played it? Yeah, who has not played it. That's rude. <laughs> it was a gift. It was a okay. gift and everything. In my defense, <laughs> I did it? start it. I got about. How far into it do you think I got? I don't where, where did you end? Well, it's a JRPG, a, right? So. Yeah, it's that's why I'm like, I think halfway, but I'm not sure. I hadn't gotten to that one version of the place, so. How big is... Yeah, that means nothing. Uh, It's been a while since I've played it. Anyways, back to Final Fantasy. Back to Final Fantasy. Um, 
So he did never read it, but I did because I thought he wanted it, and apparently he didn't want that. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm joking. RPGs are long. I don't yeah. blame him, honestly. But I got really into it, despite the fact I got it for him. So in a way, I bought myself a present. Uh, there it is. <laughs> there, there it is. So I ended up playing through that, and I really liked it. And I was like, "Are there more games like this that are like really good?" And, and then, who boy, lo and behold, <laughs> there are a lot of them. And honestly, you know, you guys saying I'm the RPG person, I've barely scratched the surface of what I know is out there. Um, I want to play a lot more of the Final Fantasy games than I have. Seven's the only one I've beaten. So I beat Chrono Trigger. I was looking for something else. And then I was like, everyone was, everything I read online sort of pointed me towards like, you want another really good RPG. Seven is kind of your safe bet. There's a lot of other, you know, varying opinions on We'll touch most on. of the Final Fantasy VII games, but even if people don't think Seven's their favorite, Seven is like it's well regarded. So I got it, and then it. What'd you play it on? I'm curious the PlayStation that. Three. Oh, um, okay. They had a PlayStation that you could buy PlayStation One games, so I bought it on the PlayStation Three. I also have Chrono Cross on there and um, Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy VIII. VIII on there. Neither of which I have finished. We have. Let's see. We have the original Final Fantasy for NES on the NES Classic. We have Final Fantasy VI, VI on the Super Nintendo Classic. Super Nintendo Classic. We I have. bought. I just bought four because I heard that's another good one that I'm trying to get back into some of the series now because of the remake. Um, and that one's really good so far. And then we have eight, and I think that's it. Correct. And remake clearly. And remake. Well, yeah. What about you, Andrew? What's your experience with the series? So my experience of Final Fantasy is. I knew it existed. Mm. Always thought of it. I, I think I played some of Seven or one of those old ones on like uh, someone else's PlayStation, like way back in the day. Have mm-hmm. foggy memories of that. Oh yeah, but that doesn't count. So I played Final Fantasy three on my DS and had no clue what I was doing or what was happening or where I need. Like I got a couple okay, hours. I, I need in. to interrupt this to ask a question. <laughs> Which three was it? <laughs> it was probably three, 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 not six, three. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, it was like three D models. Okay. That doesn't. No, that's yeah. not. And that's not. They six. all look kind of like kids. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's three, three. Yeah. That's three, so three. I got like I played it for a few hours and I was getting a hang of the combat and the characters and stuff like that. But then I got kind of probably where it like opens up and had no idea what to do next. And granted, if this is on the DS, I'm like. 11 or something like yeah so that was my first taste and then on xbox 360 i think it was maybe 10 10 and there was 10 and 10 too right yeah Mm -hmm. it might even been 10 too but like it was on sale super cheap bought it played through like the intro all these anime characters flying around doing crazy stuff i was like this seems fun then got into the gameplay and it just i was like no i'm not in the mood for this right now was it 10 or 13 might have been 13 okay I have no idea. I'd have to go look at my 360 Final library. Final Fantasy, where we have the 13 trilogy. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> so, I always thought Final Fantasy was crazy, like, fantasy, which it is, but, like, more Lord of the Rings type fantasy, mm-hmm. dragons and swords and that kind of stuff. Which and it I, is sometimes. It and I knew I knew that originally. 7 was a little bit different, and, like, there's, you know, shots of cloud in front of Midgar, and it looks all kind of steampunky and whatever. So, I was like, okay, they dabble in other stuff. But then when 15 came out and it was coming to Xbox, I was like, I'll give that a shot. 
And there's cars and robots and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, this series is not what I like have envisioned in my mind <laughs> this whole time. I beat 15, liked it, thought it went on a little long, thought the the shift was strange. And if you've played, you know, and I mean, I don't, they've patched it so much now that I don't know what it is anymore, but enjoyed it overall. Always heard what, you know, Alex was saying that seven is the one to play. That's an old game now. <laughs> it is. So... I mean, I'm not saying that I couldn't play it, wouldn't enjoy it, but never went out of my way to play it. Seven Remake comes along. I'm like, this is the perfect way to play Seven because it's now it's pretty. It's more modern. You know, it's more my speed. And it turns out it wasn't really the best way to play Seven, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. (laughs) All right. So let's let's go on to the brief, briefly, just Final Fantasy touching on the Seven is the one to play. If you have never played a Final Fantasy game, listeners... It's a weird series. It's more of an anthology. Like, just because yeah, no, there, there's not actually continuity between Final Fantasy one to two to three to four, right. to just five like the to same six. universe or theme overall. No theme, universe, yeah. almost there, definitely not. Yeah, it's um, like you but I can feel play, like it is between a few of them. Like now. thirteen and fifteen were originally supposed to be more connected than they were, and then they changed their. Isn't mind. seven remake now potentially connected to another one? I don't think so. No, it's seven. Seven's weird. So each one, a numbered Final Fantasy just essentially means it's the next one in the series, but there's no connection. It's It literally is an anthology. Yeah, that's right. why there's things like 13-2, because that's a sequel to the story and world and characters of 13. That being said, I think we can all agree it's the most, like terribly named series of all time because there's nothing final about it there's barely anything fantasy about it anymore and 13 2 doesn't make any numerical sense second worst named kingdom hearts still holds that trophy yeah but at least their weird gibberish a is weirdly poetic and b usually once you get into it, it's like oh right you're saying oh, yeah. it's poorly named i'm a named huge because fan of, no sense. of kingdom hearts <laughs> those names barely mean anything dream drop distance birth by sleep like they're they try to make words. them mean things, <laughs> but they don't really succeed. So it's I like love the games. games themselves. I think they're like they are trying to say things, but the titles themselves are insane. That's fair. <laughs> I respect their insanity, but anyway, I do too. So honestly. yeah, that's kind of the thing with all of these games. Is like if you heard good things about six and seven, but you're like, do I need to play one through five? No, no. no. you can no. play seven before six. You can play each one. Also has their own connected thing. There's like. Yeah, four major tie-ins to seven. There's seven. There's the movie Advent Children. There is the spinoff Crisis Core. There's a whole bunch of different like things. There's connected. one about Vincent. Who? Never mind. You guys. Don't yeah, know I that know is. Vincent <laughs> is yet, but I'll. you may never. No. <laughs> uh, but the point is, seven kind of arose to the top. It also was the weird thing where, so in America, the first Final Fantasy comes out same as it does in Japan. However, they two and three they're text-heavy games. So they're hard to port at this point in time. So two and three don't come out in America. Four does. But at this point, they don't want to confuse everyone. So they just call it two in America. That's not confusing. No, because (laughs) in America at the time, we don't know any better. We don't know that there's two entire Final Fantasy games we just don't have. We're like, okay, yeah, this is the second one. And then five comes out and it doesn't get ported. But six comes out and does. And so they just call it three. But then seven (laughs) comes out. And at this point, they've shifted over the PlayStation. And uh, Square is just like, screw it. This one's Final Fantasy VII, and I have to imagine every really hardcore nerd at that time was like that annoying guy who corrects you on like Star Wars numbers and is like, actually, that's episode five, or not the second one, and is like, well, the reason it's Final Fantasy VII is because 
but it seven kind of climbed to the top it came out uh for a lot of people at a very pivotal time like that was their first big rpg Mm -hmm. it was on the playstation it was one of the playstation's first big like killer apps Mm -hmm. um huge deal does some really good stuff we'll talk into it but because as andrew said it's an old game uh and i find a lot of the ways it's aged charming but a lot of the ways it's aged are also just plain janky like it's just did you want to characters look terrible (laughs) See, the char- characters have charm, and I will die on that hill. <laughs> no, I do think it depends on which version of the character. Because like some, I of love the, the little blocky version. Yeah, the little higher. Yeah, the little blocky versions are. I want kind them of like, on my desk. Someone yeah. 3D print them and send them to me. <laughs> yeah. the, the little blocky versions are charming. But when they try to do like the higher resolution ones, it those just, ones are a little bit more. Yeah, those are valid. those are odd. But over the years, and it really came to a head. It's similar to. Um, how twilight princess was partially a thing because nintendo had a tech demo at space world and had this realistic link fighting ganon and then when they actually unveiled the game it was wind waker and it had this cartooning graphics people were like where's the realistic link mm-hmm. they did a similar demo where it's like here's cloud fighting sephiroth uh and it's here's how it would look on ps3 graphics and everyone's like oh shoot that'd be great can you remake seven they're like no that would cost way too much money. It would take the place of doing like a normal Final Fantasy game. We're not doing that. But the thing got stuck in people's minds. And for years, the demand has been, can you remake 7 though? Because like it's really good and it's kind of aged and we'd like to see a modern update of it. And it's funny because there were ads when remake did come out of like the most demanded or most anticipated remake of all time. And I had sat there for a little bit. I'm like, Oh, shoot. They might actually be correct on that one. That might not be marketing. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen a game. Yeah. And that- to be fair, like, from everything I've heard, I mean, I was really young when the original came out. When did the original one come out? Like, the original one came out, like... No, later than that. It, in what? When did it come out? I have no idea when it came out. I want to say it was, like, 90s. Because it was PlayStation 1. Okay. So, it was, like, late 90s. Late 90s. Yeah. yeah like, right. nine somewhere... Between, I want to say, 95 and... Nobody 99. knows for sure. Yeah. No, it's, it's no <laughs> But I've heard that it's been... It's like, was a cultural icon when it came out. Like, mm-hmm. it was, like, huge deal. Mm-hmm. They poured all their money into advertising Super Bowl advertisements. It was, like... It's one of the things that made RPGs big in the West. Yeah. Which is also part of the... Square Enix, which used to be two separate companies called Squaresoft and uh, Enix, used to be competing. Enix is baby dragon quest did bigger in japan squares baby final fantasy did bigger in america now they're combined uh and it's still the same thing final fantasy does better over (laughs) here dragon quest but now they're making money off both of them there was a little bit of a kerfuffle when they're like final fantasy 7 is coming to the playstation 4 and everyone got really hyped but it was just like a shiny port yeah yeah (laughs) and then the next year which makes me think it was just trolling on their part the previous year like they had to have known they were going like next year we're going to do it they're like so let's just screw with people this year they finally announced, we're doing the thing. We are doing a big budget remake of Final Fantasy VII. Except it was a bit of a thing for a while where like, they're like, it's not just like one game. There's like a trilogy of remakes, maybe. We're like, oh, okay. And then the longer they talked about it, the weirder, like the weirder and cagier they were. Yeah, there were times. That? Yeah, no, there were times while they were talking about it originally. I'm like. Is this like a telltale thing? Like, I seriously thought that at one point because they're I mean, like it, talking yeah, about it, how it's episodic and whatnot. And no, but also, you know, we'll even when it, it was when they were kind of re-promoting it 
over the last few years, it was that same narrative where they're being cagey and people are like, how many parts is this? If this is just and Midgar. they still haven't told us. They still, I don't think they. Know. Yeah, but it makes a lot more sense once you beat this game, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, and we'll talk. Why and how and for like just yeah. Yes, because it's yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a colon in front of remake. <laughs> yes, and it also <laughs> it it also bears mentioning in case you're unfamiliar, Final Fantasy VII remake is a remake of what is essentially maybe the first fifth of the game. It's the first, yeah, eight hours, I want to yeah. say. So, um, yeah. there's a lot more to Final Fantasy VII that's one that's in this of game. Of a 40-hour game, mind you. Yeah. So, it's it's a decent chunk of the original seven, but it is only a comparatively small chunk. So, if you're sitting here thinking, so is it half of it, a third of it? Well, that's also a good part of it. This is the point where I have to remind everyone this is a spoiler cast. We are going to spoil the crap out of Final Fantasy VII Remake. And do not think, just because you've played the original, you know what happens in this, because you do not. Uh, it, it does do some things, especially later in the game, that kind of vary drastically. And it is intentional, and it is very interesting. I will say, we are going to spoil some things that happen in the original Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. I think we're going to try to dance around some of like the major stuff that we don't have to spoil. Yeah, just where it's relevant. Yeah. yeah. So, it, but that could still be some major things. Yeah. yeah. But that game is super old. So It is. But it's and, good and you should play it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Go play you, that 40-hour old RPG before you listen to this episode. No, listen any to further. this. Listen to this. Are we... Uh, yeah. Because uh, I will point out, one of Unless the most really famous video game spoilers of all time is in Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. I don't think we have to spoil it here. Like, do we? I mean, it is kind of relevant. It's kind of relevant. And All also, right. it's famous. Yeah, it's basically... So, the, pretty much, like, I know it. I will also I say, but I want to tell the story real quick. Okay, well, no. We can't say you want to tell a story in the nutshell. Well, no, I, I'll tell the story because I have better... <laughs> it is so famous. It's like the Luke, I am your father of video games. Yeah, like, it is. It's one of those things. Alex played the original seven without knowing it. I, I know like four things about the original seven and this was one of them. And I had seen the scene before and I walk in on Alex playing it because he'd been playing it constantly. And I realized, oh, shoot, I'm just in time. You're at the part. And Alex, this is when I, he's like, what part? I'm like, <laughs> oh, he doesn't realize. And buddy, your reaction to that <laughs> was fantastic. Yeah. I see, just, if, if you haven't had it spoiled, then, you know. Yeah. It's, it, it's, maybe, but. and oh boy, oh boy, if they, Here's the, th yeah, okay. If you're casual and you're listening to this, you're like, meh, I don't care. And if you're hardcore, you know what it is. Yes. So at this yeah. point, we're going to spoil what's relevant to this conversation. So just keep that in <laughs> mind going forward. So now let's actually, that we've laid out the disclaimer, we've covered the history of the series. Let's do it. Let's let's dive into <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake. All right. So first I want to talk about, what you guys think of that opening? Because that whole opening section is like just really rad at throwing you right into, oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. We're going for something big here. The opening cutscene or playable? Opening cutscene, but like I just mean everything up to the destruction of the first reactor. It's basically. kind of funny. I so first of all, it's been so long since I played <laughs> the opening of this game, but I do remember I played that opening three times. So I played the demo when it came out, right? Which didn't have like as much of like the cutscene and stuff. It was just kind of that first mission. It was like, oh, this that was kind of what got me hyped. And I was like, I think I'm going to play this game. Then I decided, well, we're branching into video content. And I've never played this like the originals. So getting maybe my reactions to this might be kind of interesting. So I was like, I'll record it. Well, it was a learning process. So my first recording had no audio. Okay. So I was like, okay, scrap that. Start over. Third time. But each time it was like, 
especially that first opening cutscene where you're like flying over the, everything and seeing. I, I had the same thought every time where I was like, if you, if the original is near and dear to you, and it was those like blocky polygonal mm-hmm. environments and characters, and you see this. I can't imagine what that felt like. Like just me seeing it as a game, I was like, dang, this is impressive. But then knowing, and that's one of the points I'm probably going to touch on a lot is that I do wish that I had played the original (laughs) because this plays around with it so much that I wish I had more context for what was going on. Like I didn't appreciate the ending and what what they did until I went and did some research on it. And then I was like, holy crap. Yeah, yeah, it is funny. This is freaking awesome. (laughs) There There was a bit at the ending it was we'll, we have we have a section marked out here. We're just going to talk about the ending, but I will say my f- reaction. The reaction to the ending was funny because Alex was there with me when I finished it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there was a moment where they do a huge mic drop thing. Where we'll discuss in very much detail on like what the change. I had no idea it was happening. I'm yeah. just like I was right there with I'm you. Like, hmm. <laughs> and meanwhile, Alex is like freaking out. Like, oh, holy crap! Oh, dang! Oh. Okay, and I'm like, what? Oh, okay. This is what they're saying. This yes, is their mission statement. We'll get to their mission statement. We'll later. get, we'll get there. But yeah, yeah. so I kind of just had that feeling overall, where it's like, if I like Alex had that knowledge watching these, I'd be like, you just know, why freaking 40s- out. And then instead, like, eventually, it's not up now. I, st- I have a bunch of videos to edit because I was like, I gotta finish this game. So like, yeah. there's a bunch to edit. So I'm not sure when it'll be out. But if you watch that final video, you'll see my reaction is kind of like, huh. I'm sure this is important somehow. (laughs) And And it's it's like the most important. Yeah. I'll throw out, as someone who didn't play the original, who knows, I mean, as much as Alex played it, it kind of was just background noise. I didn't watch him play chunks. I saw bits and pieces. I really only know like four things about this game, like the the original Final Fantasy VII. Even to this day, I know more thanks to this and thanks to a little bit of research on my own. But it's still kind of a big blank slate for me. That opening sequence, I was like, oh, shoot, this is a big dang deal like this is a huge yeah, they went epic. all in on it yeah um and i have watched the comparison between the original opening cutscene and this new one and first of all it is a really nice they do some really smart things like the original one starts out in space with stars and this one kind of plays with that by having it be like the um the mako mm-hmm. shards like flying around Aerith and like that kind of it's the same sort of visual and th- this is also the point where i have to briefly talk about the music which i'm sure i'll bring up repeatedly over this this is one of my favorite scores in a game in a long time. And like they are, they have some iconic themes they're playing with, but they are clearly like just going all out on all of yeah, them. Yeah, they're like, putting heart into it. Like when Aerith's theme starts playing in that opening cutscene and it's all of a sudden like, oh, shoot. And then just a little, little hint of one winged angel there. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. We're in for a, we're in for a ride a little bit. And yeah, no, it just feels like this big epic. But yeah, once you start getting to get into gameplay that you played three times, <laughs> what'd you, what'd you feel about that? Cause it also, I was surprised at how little context it gives you at first. It's just like, yeah, go fight some dudes. You're this guy. Have fun. So for me, my initial impressions were this looks good. This feels like a very kind of modern bordering on next gen game visually. Until you see some of the doors and stuff later on. But <laughs> then playing it, I was like, there's this like retro charm to it. Yeah. It's like it it looks modern, but playing it, the movement, the fact that, you know, there's a an arrow on the ground to mantle <laughs> over something or to go between something is like there's still this kind of retro nostalgic charm to it, even though I never played the original. It's like, okay, there's still some things that modern games have adapted to and fixed that this one is kind of holding on to. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciated that. That wasn't like a negative 
yeah, thing. Yeah, nothing seemed to really overstay its welcome as far as, like, the arrows on the ground or whatnot. It seemed like it was a little gamey, and yeah, we've progressed past it, but it felt fine. Like It, it was fine, except... Except for the arm moving mission. Oh uh, that one that one was terrible. <laughs> yes. That was the point in the game where it went from like whatever score it was in my mind down a point. It's yeah. like just off And that I think one that's mission. valid. I was like <laughs> there was like I could see materia and stuff sitting on the ground over here and I was like, I don't even care. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm moving on. I'm done with this crap. And then later on when you're in the Shinra building and you see like the like just the model of the yeah, arm when yeah. you go through I was like F you, you know, like it brought a that small part of memories. a small part of you is like, oh please, 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 don't do, don't do this to me again. Like whatever it oh, is, yeah. don't, don't be a setup. Like, hey, remember this? We're gonna do this one more time. Like, no. Let me ask you this before I forget. At what point, if at all, did you drop the difficulty in this game? I didn't. Yeah, I know. Um, I have a story to tell about that later. <laughs> I don't think. No. What did you play on? First of all, did you just? Play I played on, on normal. I played on normal. Okay. I played on normal. Nobody I, did like the classic no or anything. Yeah, no, I'm not that gamer. <laughs> no, I, I will say if I did, I don't think I did. I can't remember, but if I did, it was that once. You know exactly what fight I'm in. Yeah. Um, it was towards the end in the Shinra building. It's uh-huh. the bloodhounds. It was those stupid bloodhounds that, like, it was it. So. Here's here's the thing. We're gonna really go into the gameplay. In just I don't a think here. you did. I think you you like yeah yeah. Here's the thing. The combat system into this, which we'll dive into really really deeply, is fascinating. But also, there are a couple points in this game where there's a kind of weird artificial spike where it's like just checks you really hard mm-hmm. on hey, have you been messing with your materia? Have you been paying attention to your stats? Because if you haven't. This one section is just going to arbitrarily own your butt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I ran into one of those towards the end of Shinra. I don't think I did drop the difficulty, but it was v- like... It was tempting. It was I think I tempting. found a player's guide, or not a player's guide, but just an article about like advice for getting through Final Fantasy VII. I was like, just drop the difficulty for yeah, this one I had fight. To, I had to look up a couple things for some fights, and then I dropped the difficulty fight when in the very end... Mm. When you're fighting those like three elemental things and they yeah. converge into a dragon. Yeah. They killed me like three times and I was like, okay, one thing, I'm recording this. Two, I need to beat it. I'm done with this. And so I finally dropped the difficulty and easy is easy. Mm-hmm. There's a huge disparity between easy and normal. Like I w- I didn't have to even think on easy. Yeah. And so I'm glad I didn't play the whole game like that. But at that point, it was finally like, okay, for this big epic moment and the stuff that happens afterwards, I'm like, I'm glad I didn't die five, six, because the reason I dropped the difficulty, and this is one of my big complaints of this game, your options are to restart the chapter, essentially, mm-hmm. or restart from the beginning of the battle. And that end battle, when they say that, they mean like all of it. Initial cutscene, start over, watch all the stuff, watch all the unskippable, unskippable cutscenes between, like during the fight. <laughs> And it's like this fight's like an hour long, and if I die forty five minutes in, yeah, no, restart. Welcome to JRPGs, fight. ladies and gentlemen. There are parts of them that. Ooh. Oh my goodness! The original, the final boss of the original one gave me a very similar problem where I just kept dying, and it was 
was hard. So I was just um, curious if you guys ever I did dropped not. It or and not. both battles you're talking about, I'd be on the first try. Um, yeah, okay, well. but to be fair, to be fair, you watched me fight that stupid Yeah, but thing. I came in, I didn't know when it was, and I was at like, I, wa- I didn't recover any of my stats. I just walked in and I figured it out as I went. No, no, no. I'm, I didn't have time to figure it out. And I'm sure when you watch, if you watch my playthrough, you'd be like, wow, if you would have just done this and this, it'd be so much easier. But <laughs> yeah, at this point, I was like just trying to steamroll my way through to yeah, get to the bad. end. But Alex, that opening section, what did you like as um, an introduction? Because you 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 can compare it. How does it do different? It's the same thing the original one did. Almost beat for beat in a lot of ways. It does, it plays, it takes advantage of the fact that's a new thing. And I love the banter between Cloud and Barrett in the whole thing. But that is very much how the original one started, is that there you're on a train going to the Mako reactor. It just cut in from the, you know, romantic giant, like, cityscape exploring Aerith with the pipe and yeah. all that um, and you're then go and then it's just you're fighting soldiers doing this mission it doesn't even tell you why you're here really like just and people are like what are you here for I'm just here for the money all that stuff it's 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 yeah. all from the original it's and right I love it then I love it now <laughs> all right so let let's do the deep dive into the into the gameplay part of Final Fantasy what did you guys think of the combat system because oh my goodness I really loved this combat system for the most part. Like it, it does have those few points in the game where there's that spike of like, oh, it's just really hard until you figure out, oh, I just got to rearrange and do this and change like three stats and now it's a cakewalk. But for the most part, it takes a minute to open up. But once it does, it is probably one of the best JRPG combat systems I've ever seen. Yeah, like, it flows really well. They're all pointing to me like I'm like the RPG guy. We're not actually going to get as deep because we don't know enough about RPG mechanics. That's, that's <laughs> um, true. None of us do because I've seen people talk about that and it's scary. Well, I was just throwing it your way because I feel like I talked too much on his last okay. question. Yeah, no, and that's fair. <laughs> but it is fun. Like it's it very much, they said they want to be a hybrid between old ways and new ways. And I've heard that Final Fantasy XV did interesting things yeah it was also, a lot more actiony though. it was a lot more actiony but people had issues with it that maybe straight too far this one does hold a really cool ground where it's you know you if you know much about the game you know it's you're basically kind of kingdom hearts like beating on people most of the time not most of the time but to fill gauges where you do more traditional rpg commands and that's a lot of fun but in that system in itself it's a lot of fun because you have these different characters and they all feel very different. They yeah, all they have their own attributes of things that they do well. And layered on top of that is the materia system where you can kind of customize each character to to play how you want. You can give them different things that give them different abilities. So you can be like, this person's my healer, this person's my buffer, this person is really strong or whatnot. And you kind of customize their class. I heard someone talk about the original and this kind of goes back to this one. Although slightly lighter than the original because it's... It is more action-focused than just It is more action-focused, but it's like in old RPGs, you chose classes and whatnot, and as it evolved, it kind of assigns you classes. This one kind of does let you build your own class in a way where it's like I'm deciding how this character functions. But then within that, it's still this fun action. You're doing things, you're fighting things. And they did a really good job of making that really work where it was like the boss battles i love the boss battles Holy cow some of the boss battles in that because felt. it's like you're it, a lot of rpgs kind of the how rpgs work is you fight all these small enemies and it's an endurance test of your 
keeping up your stats until you get to the next point where you can rest and do things and recover your thing. But then you get to the boss and it's sort of the thing where it's like, okay, make sure I'm prepared for this boss. They might have given you a save point before or not let you rest. And But you just go all out on this boss. And that's how this felt in a way. But it was just fun to just keep beating on these bosses, using everything in your arsenal, just... Oh, going yeah. at these guys. Oh, yeah, because here's, here's the other thing on the combat. It's often really pretty, and it's <laughs> often gets insanely epic at the higher stages. Like, the summons in this game, mm-hmm. you feel like you are in, again, with the great music. I, there, I a couple times just kind of stopped in the middle of fighting. I'm like, oh, okay, this is really, they're, they're going hard on this. But, like, you do a summon against a boss in this, and it just feels like these two titanic creatures, like, clashing it's huge and it feels big. But also, you know, you talked about building different classes. Tifa kind of accidentally became my tank and I didn't mean for it. But like she could take a hit and she could deal out massive amounts of damage if you yeah. you, you stacked the cards right. And it's it, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, on that, it was also just fun because there's a lot of strategy involved. You can't just for the first like couple hours. Admittedly, all I was doing was hitting things really hard with Cloud Sword. Mm-hmm. And at first you're like, okay, but once the game starts opening up, you're like, oh, wait, if I have, you know, these party members and I have these things equipped, I can do this with Cloud and that builds up this meter, which I can use to do this. And then I can uh, switch to this character and do that attack. And you really start thinking about in which order do I do things? What's the easiest way to do things? And thinking about it and you're juggling all these different complicated things and it makes it that much more engaging because you have the visceral hit the button to hit the thing and it's never not satisfying to like oh, Barrett's overcharge is charged, so I can mm-hmm. just, you know, hit them with a really powerful yeah. shot. And you're, like, just constantly switching between the characters, like, I want to do this buff here, this buff here, I need to build up their gauge so that I can do this here, and it's just, you get into this rhythm where it's just, like, I'm unloading on these guys, I'm doing what I want. Yeah, and it keep, it keeps you on your feet, but you also, it, it does the thing I liked from what I did play, because I did play a decent chunk of Chrono Trigger, where it's... <laughs> you, you have to think quickly. It's not yeah. just the staring at a stat page and going, right. okay, this, this. You've always got timers building. You've always got things depleting. There's things physically happening in space mm-hmm. you need to handle. But then you're also keeping track of the strategy of, all right, if I have these, ma- if I use this potion to restore their magic points, I can use this spell here and that will weaken them. And then I can hit them with that attack. And, and you feel smart. I like that it makes you feel smart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty nice. Yeah. It made me feel dumb a bunch of times <laughs> because. I feel like I didn't go as deep into it as I could have. Well, I mean, that I'd say. Yeah. And, like, I really enjoyed it for the most part, but there were those select few fights, like you said, those skill check fights, like the damn house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that house is terrible. That I would have appreciated a lot more if I played the original, apparently. Yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought the house was hilarious, not having any context for it, where it's just like, what do you find? It's like a sentient ghost house I'm yeah, like, it's wacky. i love video games so much right now <laughs> but there's that point in the like back half of the game where they split you up into two teams oh yeah and and maybe it's how i had them equipped and i didn't dive into the skills and material and you know equipment and stuff enough which is probably true but whenever Aerith and tifa were alone those were the worst fights in the entire game yeah, I yeah, struggled the, so hard um, with just, and when Cloud and Barrett were together, we just steamrolled stuff. Yeah, see, that's a point where you would probably you just need to like dig into them because I did spend a decent amount of time. Like, how much time did you spend like screwing with your weapon upgrades, like going in there? Oh, I got to the point where I was auto doing it. Oh, okay. See, I <laughs> I got I got finicky because I like first I didn't of have all time to get finicky. <laughs> no, that's that's very fair. But like, I would go through it. 
like every chapter or two and be like, okay, who's got what? What are the best? Like, mm-hmm. what's the best gear? Who needs what? With the gear that is the best, what can I buff to make it better? Like, yeah. does this person need more health? Like, I first of all, I always prior I prioritized materia slots because that just gives me more options. Right. And then on top of that, I prioritized under that was health. And then under that was attack power. So, yeah. And see, for me, I think it was, I prioritized attack power, health, then materia slots. And then one issue I have with like the weapon upgrades thing in particular is that there are a lot of buffs in there that I feel like you either have to be really into like RPG to know what they're worth, or they're just not actually worth as much as they think. Yeah. Because yeah, there's like that too. most of the weapons, there's a middle, like they have levels and it's like the first one is pretty basic stuff. Then the second one is usually some weird thing. And then the third one is makes more sense again. Yeah. And the buffs where it's like higher attack power, this percentage under these conditions, those ones are harder for you to know what the actual difference they're making on like a moment to moment scale. Because mm-hmm. now you're trying to mess with people's hp level in order to get a good damage output and whatnot and it's so i usually didn't do those ones and just focused on the hard stats that and yeah no i i did a lot of that too although there were some times where i'm like oh i know i do this sort of attack with cloud a lot so i'm going to like prioritize that kind of thing so yeah sometimes it could get a little too lost in the weeds but it did kind of help to have those moments where you could go you know, Barrett usually takes a beating in fights, so I want to make sure Barrett's health is high or that that sort of that thing. That was you've got Tifa it. for me. Oh yeah, see, I I made it to where Tifa could take a hit because I also knew that Tifa was the one who could probably deal the most damage if I used her. Well, and right. she can't hit from a distance, so it's like no, you know she's yeah. in the thick of it always. But. Mm-hmm. I will say one of the fights in that Aerith and Tifa section, there was one fight I just kept dying at. Like so yeah. it's the Bloodhounds, Alex keeps referring to. And I'm like, I'm analyzing yeah. their weaknesses and I'm yep. equipping them and I'm like... God, that section sucked. And I'm just doing it. I switched all my buffs over to Aerith instead. I'm like, all right, I keep trying Tifa because she's my heavy hitter and I'm just dying instantaneously. Like e- the fight would last 30 seconds yeah. and I'm dead. I switched all the buffs over to uh, Aerith and did it like use Tifa as a distraction to draw aggro and then like used Aerith. And like I won the fight in 30 seconds. It was insane. Like it yeah. was it's one of those things where they're like are you paying enough attention to how everyone's moves work so i'm like no and i was not yeah if we're being honest but um, oh yeah Aerith is i'm using this as a transition to move over to the next part but Aerith was probably the one i had the hardest time playing as but she was also probably my favorite character so (laughs) the next part i wanted to move into is the we've, we've covered the music a bit although i do just want to say i love this score so much but let's talk about specifically like the characterization and the characters before we dive deep into the, like the plot and the story. You spend a lot of time with these characters and they do a lot more of a job. The original seven from what I've seen, what Alex has told me, it has the story cut scenes and that's kind of it. We have a lot more banter and oh, yeah. and yeah. chatter. And they do well at characterization, the early one and in the original one. And that's what sold me like as a remake in this one is the fact that like, I have concerns with a lot of things that we'll talk about once we get into story. the future and yeah, yeah, story. But the fact that I liked the characters. Yeah. I was surprised how much I liked the characters. I was too. Like, like Barrett, for example, like initially he's just so over the top and ridiculous and yelling all the time. And then by the end, you're like, 
Barrett's my boy, you know? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> well, I had this whole thing where as I'm like during the first half of the game, I was telling people, I'm like, do you know what I did not expect at all walking into Final Fantasy VII was that I would be over the moon, like biggest fan of Cloud Strife. Like, because the, the perception I always got from him was like, oh, standard anime sword boy angsty man. I, mm-hmm. I've seen this a thousand times. And then you get to know Cloud. And first of all, he's just so tired of everyone's crap. Like that's, that's kind of his actual, he's just like, ah, fine. Yeah. Um, but he's also like secretly like the whole angsty thing is half. He's dealing with some actual trauma and half kind of a front he's putting on. Cause he's just yeah. doesn't know how to people well. And yeah. so he's like, ah, oh, shoot. There's this human there's emotions, this subtle animation when he's talking to Aerith the first time where he says like, you can't talk to me. I'm a date. Like I- I'm dangerous or whatnot. And you see him look back like he's seeing how, what she, he thinks of how cool he is at this moment. And it's just a good like representation of this character because he is he is like this cool, competent person. But he also like is just a little bit like trying to sell himself as a cool, competent person. Like, did she think yeah. that was cool? Was that OK? Yeah. OK, it's, this is working. <laughs> yeah. What I would say about the characters outside of how much I was surprised, how much I liked him is that I would give the characters, you know, probably nine out of 10 grunts and moans <laughs> because this game has a lot of grunts and moans. Yeah. No, yeah. That's, <laughs> it, I'm it, not apologizing. Like towards I'm the end, I was like, okay, that. come on. Like at first I noticed it and was like, yeah, that's just Japanese. That's just anime. And then towards the back, I was like, okay, they're running across a room. They don't have to grunt while they do it. Like they could just, run across the room they could breathe there's other but it was just like if there's too much silence or they're not talking long enough there's just like a or or, it's like yeah yeah. and every time it was supposed to like convey emotion you know like somebody said something and then cloud looks over and goes yeah it's like oh my god which yeah i love the characterization but me and caleb have talked about this it's they don't always do amazing at like moment to moment like dialogue and stuff. Yes. It's here's my thing: the writing in this game overall is very strong because it does a really good job of conveying. For the most part, we'll talk about where it falls short in a minute. But for the most part, it conveys: here are the characters, here's what they like, here's what they want, here's who they are, and you really get invested. However, the dialogue writing is sometimes really clever. I still think the um, Cloud, that makeup, that dress, I know, nailing it, moving on, is one of like, yeah. the greatest exchanges <laughs> was, in a thing ever. That was a great line. That's a but great section. That whole section was great. The the other the other thing is sometimes the dialogue was pretty clunky and bad. Like sometimes it was just sort of like the writers, the well, the translators are realizing, oh, we have to move the plot forward. There's no real artful way to do that. It's just like he wants this, they want this. We got to convey that somehow. It's like okay, but you have 30 seconds to do that. Like oh shoot, uh, he says he wants this, they say they want that, and they yell at each other. I don't know. And it's it it, it yeah. sometimes is a little. And at ooh. the end of most combat encounters, the parties like banter with each other was either repeated or just not that original. Yeah, original. yeah there does come a point because this is again a 40 hour long game average. Where it's like they could have they could have written more for that, especially because they'll make sure you slow down for um like other dialogue bits that are pertaining to the story. But uh, yeah, one one yeah. small gameplay thing is that the amount of time they made you they gave you a run button and then didn't let you use the run button. 
bothers me because why give me? The I money was running money? a lot towards the back half of that game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, yeah, my complaint is that they didn't let you use that for yeah. So things. Let's let's now take a dive into the story as a whole and what what you thought about it. I will just say this up front: for the first half of this game, I'm I was like legitimately in a mood of this might be one of my new favorite games of all time. Me like, too. It's holy crap good. Yeah. And then in the I second, thought it might be my game of the year. Uh, it. We'll see how the rest of this. There's some really good, strong contenders that will probably take it. But like, there was also a point this in the stretch yeah. where I'm like, "This is the best game anyone is going to make this year." I can't like, I just couldn't comprehend how good it was. Yeah. The second half of the game, yeah. I didn't think was awful, but it no. did take it down from like a ten out of ten to like a let's say an eight out of ten. Yeah. Like it's, and because th- that was where the bloat set in. That yeah. was like in the back half was when they like here's more side quests, and I looked at the side quest page, and I was like. Holy yeah. crap, there's that many. I'm yeah, it's fine. Yeah. This sword's fine, this stuff's fine. Mm-hmm. The one thing I did regret doing was I accidentally left Chadley at one point before I did like a a VR mission with mm-hmm. him cuz I really did like having a summon for everybody. Yeah. And so I know I missed at least one summon, probably more, but so that was like my one thing where I was like I wish I would have stopped to do that. But other than that, like I didn't regret. I honestly if I were to play it again or recommend someone play it, it's like other than unless you want to see everything or there's some particular thing you're searching for, mm-hmm. I feel like the side content is the, super below average. It's, yeah. it's yeah. yeah. I respected some of the things they were trying to do with it, but it is essentially... It, it felt tacked on. Like, like at first when on. you're cloud and you're looking for cats, it's like, oh, this is funny. This is kind of Jap, like this is silly. This is, I get it. It's quirky. I'm enjoying it. But then when all the side quests are kind of like that, yeah, it was like... Yeah. See, what it wanted to do, I could tell a little bit, was like, it looked at, it got the wrong lesson from The Witcher. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people get the wrong lesson for The Witcher, which is like, the thing that makes The Witcher side content so good is not just that there is dialogue and stories for each side content, though that is neat. It's that each piece of side content feels like it was crafted to be its own adventure. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's like, oh... Okay, so this, and you're constantly going, okay, yeah, so I went here, and I fought this thing, and I did this, and these characters did this. Didn't turn out like I expected. Right, it's always this, it's like a complete little mini short story. It's like someone wrote a short story. And and stuck it in the, yeah. They thought, oh, all we need to do is have, they basically did the Skyrim tin bear pelts quests, Mm -hmm. and then slapped dialogue on top of it and said, that was the problem with the tin bear pelts quests. It's like, no, it was just busy work. That was the problem. And. Just because it it kind of changed to that makes me think about it, and I'll probably forget if I don't say it, is why did they have, like, the little kid section with the Moogle vendor behind that obnoxious little alleyway that you had to, like, wiggle through? It's like, I don't want to go back here ever again because it takes however – it's like a 30-second transition. It's like move other stuff behind some sort of loading screen or barrier that you're trying to hide and make these guys accessible. You're putting a vendor back there. Yep. Yeah, no, that is... Yeah. It's, yeah. A vendor that has things that you can get nowhere else. In the mm-hmm. And a substantial amount of side content in that area, if you yeah. want to pursue it, is with those kids. And so it's like, let me wiggle back through here again yeah. and again. I will say, yeah. though, if you are listening to this, for some reason, haven't played the game and are like, okay, so I skipped side content. The one bit towards the very end... That might come in handy is the hunt for the Chocobos because that lets you warp around. Quicker. Yeah, but if that's more or less if you want, want to do, do more, more side, side quests. Yeah, yeah so. I thought about that. Like, I'm pretty sure I even commented in the video is like, oh, this is actually useful. And then I looked and was like, 
Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't need it to finish I, the I game. did actually enjoy Rescue. I like Chocobos, so it was like, hey. So is it Chocobo or is it Chocobo? I've heard it both ways. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's been too long since we've had a psych reference on this podcast. The actual, like, other than the fact that the the first half is, like, phenomenal in the second half, let's talk about the story as a whole. Yeah, just, I would say if they would have cut all the side content and just made it a linear story, it would have enhanced the game. And now, let's dive into that story. So, the basic hook is you are Cloud Strife. You're a mercenary who's a former soldier, first class, uh, who has been. And they're very. That specific. line with Barrett where he's like, How old are you? Yeah. Or what's your. In, yeah, I don't. It was like four months when I heard it originally, but yes. Yeah. That line is great. Yeah. Play the game so you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I butchered it. Yeah. Um, I will butcher it. It's been a bit since I've played it, so it's not. Yeah. And Cloud has been hired by a fringe revolutionary group called Avalanche. They think that the main corporation that basically runs the city of Midgar has been uh, exploiting the planet and is doing very dangerous things. And so they want to destroy the Mako reactors. The planet has this energy it emits called Mako. They they use that for their the electricity. Power. Basically, yeah, yeah, it's 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 basically like an, they're basically an environmental terrorist group, essentially. And one of the more interesting things about the game is it kind of questions that because it's clearly saying. Shinra is wrong to do this. Also, Barrett and Kome have taken it too far. Like yeah. there, there are points where it's sort of like, oh shoot, yeah, we did things well, like from chapter two. Like yeah. it gets into the point where you're saying like, oh, they blew up this Mako reactor as like a statement, and then you're like, oh, these people are looking from their for their families and the wreckage of what you did. Yeah, it, it's even though you technically didn't do it, right? Yeah, and it, agree, and it's, but yeah, it, it has a lot of interesting things to say on that on that sort of like. First of all, how much of what you see is controlled by, you know, these giant corporations and whatnot. There's a lot of interesting things going around. They don't fully tie all the threads together. We'll get to that. So that's sort of your starting point. And then you find out the reason Cloud's involved in all this is because his childhood friend Tifa has basically called in a longstanding favor and is like, hey, we are really short on help and we could use a guy of your talents. And there's also this sort of like kind of quasi romantic relationship with him and Tifa like first of all I, I do want to throw out half the people in this game are infatuated with Cloud and it's kind of funny because he's having none of it like he just Jesse especially that poor girl she's hilarious and really but she has the biggest crush on Cloud and he is no clue what to do with it he's like please, right. please stop what are we what are you doing stop right. it remember because we we went through the same section we each picked a different response when she basically asks Cloud out and I just, I was like thinking, well, no, if Cloud has an interest at this juncture, it's probably in Tifa. So he's not going to accept it. So I hit no. And he's just like, I'm, I don't have time for that. You said yes, just to see what her response was. And Cloud still said no <laughs> while saying yes. It yeah. was amazing. <laughs> it was this. Yeah. So that's just a fun little note. But that's kind of for the first chunk of the game. That is kind of the plot. You're working with Avalanche. They're trying to plan different things to do to like bring... Uh, Shinra, the company behind all this to its knees, because Shinra has basically taken over the city. There is a mayor, but when they get into that later, it's like, the mayor doesn't do crap. It's no. basically Shinra that's He's running. He's Yeah. But then about a third of the way through the game, after a kind of covert, you know, another one of Avalanche's things goes sideways, 
Cloud meets a girl named Aerith, who turns out to be far more important than just some plucky street urchin girl. Although I do need to mention Aerith is legit my favorite character. She was just instantly charming, weird, not kind of what you'd expect from her sort of character. Because she seems like the standard, like, oh, the damsel in distress princess kind of archetype. And she's like... No, she's very quirky. Yeah, Yeah, and she kind of cuts through all of Cloud's crap. Oh, just, just like she buys none of it. He's like, yeah, I'm everyone so cool else and tough. at this point has been sort of navigating around Cloud's like veneer and being like, okay, you're really good at your job. We need your help or whatnot. And you're like, I like you because of this. Aerith's like, their entire relationship is Cloud's like, I'm cool. And Aerith's like, sure, nerd. And it's this really, <laughs> it's just really charming. The section where you're like, after you rescue her, after you like, meet up and everything and you're just going through the wreckage of that town trying to get to the next point and they're just chatting idly yeah. is really charming because again it's cloud and he doesn't do people well and he's just like kind of inquiring but like trying to be a professional and Aerith is just being chatty and like okay well what do you do this then what about, what about this well what about this it so you meet Aerith you kind of get to see the one part of the game where I think the side quests were interesting was in Aerith's hometown where you kind of got to see how she interacted with different people. Yeah. And like, that's where it came into value. Like, oh, okay. She's like an important fixture on here. She helps her community. Okay. And then you find out Shinra wants her for something. Like there's some weird thing going on with there. And then it kind of, here's, it's not exactly where the game spirals out of control, but it tries to start bringing everything together, like get you back in with Avalanche. And so you meet up with Tifa, who's now been captured, and you go through the entire section of Wall Market, which to be fair, is pretty great. So I don't have a whole lot of complaints. It's just one of those, oh, this is a random side adventure. Yeah, it's some interesting wacky. world building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I think it's good for world building. I think it's one thing about Final Fantasy VII original, and I think this one does well with it but i also think it's kind of weird pacing wise because it's slowing down for these first eight hours is that it's just throwing so many really really interesting ideas at you that i do think contribute to the themes that they're going for they're not always completely relevant to the larger plot but they're good for like just talking about what we're talking about so you're talking about this town that's has this very corporate everyone's on top of things um, it's so literal like, stratification. I mean, like it, you, you want to talk about the class metaphor. A walled off city where they deal with all the stuff that they want to do in the dark, while you know everything else can look posh and nice. It's them not actually dealing with issues. It's them walling it off. Yeah, and keeping it thriving. As we find out, Don Corneo kind of has like yeah ties and whatnot. But that whole section has some really good stuff in it, and I didn't really have any complaints there. It's after that when it's like, okay, you got Tifa, you got Aerith. We have now this kind of fun, awkward triangle where these two girls, who both of whom Cloud had been kind of flirting with, and it's kind of a sort of thing, and now they're both in the same place, and they they have a little bit of fun with that. And then we kind of rejoin Avalanche after an extended ghost train yard thing that was... <laughs> yeah. Pretty yeah. creepy and pretty great. Like, at this point, I'm still not having any problems with pacing. Um, they do a pretty good job of just throwing different things at you. You're like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, that's neat. Basically, for me, where the pacing started coming was after the plate collapse. Like, we mm-hmm. get there. We rejoin Avalanche. Shinra is going to essentially solve the Avalanche problem by destroying a part of their own city. Because it's, you know, this, like I said, literal stratification. You have a lower undercity and then the higher ups. They're just going to drop a huge chunk of the plate on top of the lower city and basically crush the cockroaches. Which, you know, 
would kill everyone underneath and on top of the plate. Yeah. Because how the entire Midgar city is built is that they're like there's the upper class on the higher thing uh, on these plates that are suspended in the air and then the lower class. It's all very, you know, it's, very it's a fairly on the mo- nose <laughs> metaphor. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, they were trying to blame it on Wu Tai as well and yeah, start a yeah. war. Yeah. So there's yeah. there's a whole bunch of things they're trying to tie Avalanche to Wu Tai. There's a whole lot of things going on here. And for the most part, it's all working. You tie, meet back up. This is one part I want to talk with you about because we meet back up with Jesse, Wedge, and Biggs. First of all, I have to throw this out. Wedge and Biggs are recurring names throughout all the Final Fantasy games as just usually those two guys. Like there's always like a pair of either guards or some random dudes named Wedge and Biggs. It's a reference to Star Wars where they were two of Luke's like X-Wing buddies. And it's Biggs, right? That looks like Charlie Sheen. Yes. In this game. Here's the other thing. All all of the other Avalanche people, because in the game, again, this entire remake covers about eight hours. Yeah, which of, in RPG time isn't actually too much. No, yeah. it's like the tutorial. <laughs> Essentially, like it, it was kind of the part of the woe factor of Final Fantasy VII is you kind of think you're going to be in Midgar for longer than you are, like longer than you are, and then it opens up and it's like, oh no, that yeah. huge place you were at was just basically the tutorial level. Most of the other Avalanche were kind of like barely there they were very much barely there bigs jesse and wedge got like less than 10 lines of dialogue meanwhile they are actually fairly involved parts no you you like earlier we were talking about him doing stuff with avalanche you go off on this whole thing with jesse's parents and her trying to find a bomb because she wanted to use a weaker one because Mm -hmm. she thought there was too much collateral damage None of that's in the original. Yeah. None of that. I feel like at this point we should probably also have mentioned the whispers. Yeah, the whispers. The whispers <laughs> are very important. So here's so, the... taking a step back. The whispers, just this thing where it's just you're going about the plot, and I think the first time they show up is with Aerith, Aerith. when you're like in chapter two, the you're just going through the town, and you brought the flower thing, yeah. Yeah, and you can either receive or deny a flower from Aerith. Um, also a callback to the original. But then you start talking to Aerith for a long amount of time. And then the whispers, like, just kind of say no and take her away. Yes. So the whispers and are like these ghost uh, things. Ghosts. Grim Reaper the, looking. What are the dementors from dementors. Harry Potter? Dementors. Yeah, from Harry Potter. Yeah. And they just kind of keep showing up anytime the game kind of looks like it might differ from the original. Like, that's very yeah. intentional. Like, every yeah. time the game is like, hey, this wasn't in the original. They must be expanding here. These ghost things just show up and shove you on the path. And that was why I wish that I had played the original, because I was just like, well, this is probably in it. This is weird, but it's, you know, I mean, I had, the same, I had the same thought. There were several points where I went to Alex. I'm like, is this, what is this? And Alex is like, I don't know. Like, this is different. Because he made yeah. a couple comments early, because... We'll get to Sephiroth in a minute, but there is an early sequence where Sephiroth... Sephiroth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they did some things with him in this. There's an early kind of dream hallucination sequence Cloud has, because that's another thing I didn't understand, and Alex is like, no, no, that one, that that is from the original game, where Cloud isn't always all there. Right. Like, he has kind of some sort of... headaches and... Headaches and sees weird visions. One of the first weird visions is a fairly elaborate scene with Sephiroth, who Alex had told me, like, that wasn't in the original because Sephiroth doesn't show up till near the tail end of... Yeah, he doesn't actually show up until after Midgar at all. In the, um, in so the original. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll talk about that because he definitely shows up a little bit earlier here. But it, it was one of those moments where I'm like, oh, okay, so I understood some things were different, 
But these uh, whispers are kind of like, if you've played the original, you're like, okay, first of all, they weren't there. And second of all, it is very weirdly suspicious how they keep showing up anytime the game looks like it might faint yeah. in changing. Yeah, and it's also funny how they, they're a little bit inconsistency because with like the Jesse thing, they didn't interfere with it at all with that, but none of that happened. But then again, that also didn't change anything. Right, there right. was no major It was just impact. like added content. It yeah, so deviating. it was very differentiated from things that were added content, like just fleshing out the world, fleshing out, and fundamental changes to things that were happening originally. Right. And so this all kind of comes to a head. We we get to know, like I said, see Wedge and Biggs a lot more in this than in the original. Uh, to the extent where, okay, did this strike you, Andrew, because you had no... Were you a little weirded out that, like, Jesse wasn't playable at first? Because I knew she wouldn't be because she wasn't in the original. But there's a point in the game where, like, she's in it enough, or especially in the first few chapters, where I'm like, why isn't she just... Yeah, I never really thought she'd be playable because her outfit wasn't quite as cool as the main cast. That's kind of how you can tell. I was more weirded out that the weird tiger dog thing wasn't playable. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. That's we'll that it was like yeah. he's just here and he's yeah. going to help you, but you don't get to tell yeah. him what to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get to we'll get to red. So we now catch back up with Avalanche. We're at the plate collapsing. Avalanche is doing their best because at this point you haven't seen them in a few hours, other than Tifa. They're doing their best to fight off Shinra's attempt to drop the plate and then blame it on Avalanche, which they would then associate to Wu Tai. And, and it's really cool battle uh, as you're going up like a pillar that's holding up the city that they're going. Yeah, no, it's it's end. very it's one of those big moments, and it's got, it, it's a it's a pretty great sequence. But this is also where you watch uh, Jesse and Wedge and Biggs all probably die. Uh, Jesse definitely dies. Jesse like, dies. Wedge actually goes down and like helps Tifa or no helps Aerith like let people evacuate. Yeah, yeah. at then, that point he gets ghosted later. Well, no, because. It doesn't. At first, it looks like he might die when the collapse happens. Well, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Biggs looks like he dies also in the collapse. Yeah, he gives you that whole like sad monologue about the orphans and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And that was the when orphans. I was <laughs> that was when I was kind of like down on the game, and I was kind of like, okay, this bloat. I've been in the sewers too long. Like, just stuff is not moving. And then we got to that tower sequence, and even though it was like, all right, bullets can't penetrate this tiny little railing, but also if someone leans on it, it falls over. Like there was silly things like that, but then. The character deaths and like stuff felt important again. Yeah. It was yeah. like, all right, I'm back in. You know, yeah. it took you guys a while to bring me back, but I'm yeah. back. Yeah. And yeah. I think there one issue I will have to say with like pacing wise is that if you compare like it's funny, I was me and my sister are actually replaying the original because she saw us replaying it and she was like, I want to play the original. So we are. It was funny <laughs> looking back at the original where there are literal like singular screens that got transitioned into t- entire chapters yeah in this game mm-hmm. and it's some of them kind of worked because i just liked spending time with the characters and they did enough but there was a sense where it's like we need to move forward mm-hmm. we need to move on especially you need to do something more interesting than what you're doing right now yes now, also before we move on too much i just want to point out i did also skim over there's an lengthy motorcycle section yeah. And it ruled. Like, it was pretty crazy. It, it was super anime, but it was awesome. Oh, yeah. No, it was the best kind of anime, where it's just like, none <laughs> of this makes any sense. And it like an sense. epic sword fight and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Cloud uses a motorcycle as a weapon later, so. Yeah. <laughs> it Which all, is... It's all on brand. Oh, yeah. They almost stopped the plate from collapsing. Like, they get pretty close. And then the whispers are like, no, the plate collapses. And so it does. And it's a fairly emotional scene. Although, again, this was kind of the first hint to me that it's like, it's a little weird. 
We have a brief cameo from a character who we do not know who it is. Yeah, just the random cat. Do you remember seeing the cat? Like when the plates During collapsing? During the plates falling down and it's all this emotional stuff and there's a cat. Yeah. Little cat man. Bipedal cat man. Vaguely remember yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, it's just a, it, it's not, it, it wasn't a moment, but I was just sort of like everything else happening. It's a really tense emotional moment and I was like, that was weird. That probably means something. And but it, yeah, it does. It, it, it does. <laughs> it makes perfect sense if you played the original, but if not, it's just like, why is It makes there... a little sense. It, it makes sense. And it okay, doesn't. so you, we'll, we'll back off from the perfect adjective, but it makes sense. And this sequence is really emotional, really great, really like tough. And then we got into probably one of the more padded sections of the entire game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where you first, on one hand, I get it. It's one last chance. Because during the collapse, they, the Shinra got their hands on Aerith and they took her away. You find out she's descended from some ancient race. The ancients, and, yeah. Yeah, literally the ancients. Yeah. And you need to go rescue her. So they give you one last chance to like do any side quests you want to do before you move on. It's like, okay, that's kind of fair. And they were really heavy handed about it too. Because when I was like, all right, I'm not doing this. And I went to move on. First, Barrett gives you a line about, I wish we could help some more, you know? And yeah. then and then the game pops up with a window like, are you sure? And I'm yes. like, yes. <laughs> I yes. know I still have like eight hours to go. Let's keep going. Yeah. So, that's one thing. Then it also has an additional sewer chapter. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which was, is... Which I know out of, you know, the all the cool world building that I did, that the sewers were really a place I wanted to spend more time in. Right. And I will say... Some of the earlier pace, like I said, I didn't really have a pacing problem up until this point, mm-hmm. but this was the part where I went chasing that little rat thing. Down oh yeah, my goodness. That was, was the point where I'm like, I was almost that's, yelling. That's where you want to flip the table and yeah. be like, come on guys. Yeah. I was just <laughs> sitting there going at this point, the game is already 30 hours long and I, I know it's an RPG, but it doesn't like, they don't have to be all like 70 hours. Like what, what are you doing here? Yeah. Like yeah. what are we, what are we doing? And I will say, and it's, in the only defensible thing I can, the one guy who worked for Corneo, who he helped with, his story was actually really interesting once you got to it. Like, I I, I thought he was a fairly compelling character once it, you got to it. Yeah, it, so it was a cool story and it tied into the whole flower metaphor and all that. But also, I wouldn't have felt like I missed anything if that chapter didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there are other yeah. ways they could have worked his stuff in besides making me chase that stupid frog for like... Yeah, it could have been a lot shorter segment. Yeah. And also, yeah. The, the frog chasing thing was also dumb because there's a lot of the padding in there that you're like... You know, you didn't have to make this section quite this long. You didn't have to make this level quite this big. That was an arbitrary, oh, you just need to walk into this door right in front of you. Oh, no, he dropped the key. Oh, no, this possessed demon frog just runs and grabs it and runs away. Go chase it. I'm like, you're not even trying, guys. And then those enemies just sucked. All those encounters were unenjoyable. Yeah. Too tough for the size and like, like the thing you're fighting you'd think Cloud could just slice it in half with his sword. Yeah. But, like, the fight, especially they weren't the, the most last intru- fight. It's, it, one yeah. of the reasons is, like, I, you know, especially on the sewer of all things, is it's, like, it's not interesting. The bad guys aren't interesting. The, it's just, it's not it, interesting. That was probably, yeah, the most phoned and in then, yeah. feeling it, it, area. It, and then they were yeah. too hard. Like, it was just, they were an odd difficulty thing that, yeah. like... Yeah. And it, especially once you get into, like, some of the side content, because there, if you did most of the side content like I did, there is a one of the bigger and more useful side quests, you can get the final piece of it. The the vaults, you remember those? You get the yeah. final piece of it in the sewer section, except as difficult as the normal parts of the sewer section was, that vault fight was just 
hard. Yeah. I, I, I want to spend. I want to say I spent like forty five minutes on just that fight. It was I was going to say there was always in each area there was a side quest that gave you like a tough fight, and all those fights, like the big robot thing when it's Cloud and Aerith and all mm-hmm. that. Like each the one of those guy fights with the was knife. Always... I thought that. that oh, one. that guy. That can't... was a very gimmicky fight, and I. I lo- I appreciated what it was going for in some ways, but it was also a jerk. that little dude can suck it. It's just oh, <laughs> I hate. I can't remember what he. It's the little green dude. If you played Final Fantasy, you know he is. It was it was kind of at first. I'm like, oh, cool. They're bringing in like some obscure Final Fantasy villain, and like I like being reminded that this is a big series with a lot of weird creatures and whatnot. But like, yeah, about two seconds into that fight, I'm like, never mind. This sucks. I also accidentally turned off my like compass thing halfway through the game by mm-hmm. pressing left trigger. And didn't realize that I did that. And it was also right around the same time I switched from playing on my TV to a monitor. Uh-huh. And so I thought something was off with like the, the safe monitor. area and the ratio and stuff. And finally, I, I you know got smart and looked it up and was like, oh, just pull left trigger a couple times and get it back. But so there was some times in Wall Market where I was looking for stuff like where you were looking for I don't know, like gang leaders. Where you're like going to back alleys looking for people in trouble or something or someone's sick. You find mm. them in the bathroom throwing up or whatever. It took me forever because I had no... Yeah, I got lost in that section and I didn't Yeah, know. I, yeah I didn't have any points of reference at all. I was just like, oh my god. Yeah, what is this game doing to me? Th- it is one of the bigger flaws, I think, of navigating the open world sections of it. There are not many, but it is really frustrating in that they're not they're not laid out well enough that you can navigate yeah. without the compass. And then if you're navigating only by the compass, you don't actually get to enjoy any of the world building stuff going on because you're just watching the compass like do this and this where, and where, this. Where, 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 am I going? where am I going? It feels like I'm following a GPS, not like I'm actually exploring the world. So and like, I know this is Final Fantasy, but I'm, I just started Ghost today and they have a really interesting and I think kind of cool way of, their, of handling, yeah, handling how them. to explore and like giving you a nudge of the direction. Because Assassin's Creed Odyssey tried to do that where they're like, do you want to do explorer mode or do you want to do like, here's your waypoint, go there mode. And it, that worked pretty well, but this is kind of like a nice it makes gameplay you look blend. Yeah. yeah, in a way that I like. And at some points I'm kind of like, dang, I wish I had a waypoint. But then it's like, I also really appreciate the fact that there's nothing on the screen. There's no... Yeah, and you're just Mini-map. looking at their beautiful yeah. imagery. Welcome so, to the um, spoiler cast for <laughs> Yeah, there's just that's that's just a good example of another like creative ways to go about this that FF7 didn't do. Didn't, yeah, no, it is. I don't know. It's not if you're just breezing through the story stuff. It's not always that difficult to navigate because it's pretty clear. Like, oh, go here, go here. But like, there was a couple of the side quests, especially in Wall Market, where I was just like, am I missing something? Like, mm-hmm. where is it? It's like, oh. You see, you were supposed to go behind that back alley there and then follow this path and go up those mm-hmm. stairs. And I'm like, yeah. I didn't yeah. know you could go in that alley. I thought that box is in the way. I'm like, well, no, if you pay really close attention, you can just about make it. Right. Like, okay. So at this point, like like you said, I was I was sort of like, okay, so this is not the greatest game of, of all time, but it's still like really solid. So here's, we've spent the first half of the game kind of following one story. And now it's kind of shifted gears. And this is this is a thing that is kind of it's part of the nature of being a remake of one portion of a larger game because mm-hmm. what essentially this is was a prologue and then starting the actual story. The problem I had with it is a lot of stuff in the prologue felt like, oh gee, I kind of wish that had come more full circle or I kind of wish they elaborated on this more because I feel like a lot of things were kind of left unfinished or just unfleshed out or whatever. And now we're getting into essentially two different games. One is starting the actual plot of Final Fantasy VII. And the other, because it becomes more and more apparent as you go on, 
is this might actually be a sequel to Final Fantasy VII. Like, the whispers start coming into play more and more, and you're like, oh. Because we find out, because we thought Wedge had died in the collapse of the plate, and it's like, oh, he's alive, and he's helping us through, because we go into Shinra HQ to rescue Aerith. And then, like, the whispers deliberately take him and throw him out a window. Yeah. It's like, no, you died. This is what happened. And see, for me at this point, I'm just thinking, what is up with these whispers? Like these yeah. ghosts, like a Red 13 at that point had mentioned that they're trying to make sure things happen a certain way, like destiny and all that. But it still is like, this is just Final Fantasy bullcrap. And yeah, it's yeah. kind of over it's, my head. That's not something like that uh, Final Fantasy 7 or fi- Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy as a series. One pull. So I was like, okay, whatever. And then it's just like, okay. They, but then it shoves it in your face more and more and more. And you're like... What's up, guys? What? But I didn't know why. And it's also weird, and I'll say this, and I think that the game could have done a better job of setting this up, because I think this this goes into my larger thoughts on the thing as a whole of my more critical thoughts, but it's playing this weird game between people who have played the original and people who have not. Yeah. And it's this thing where, to people who have not, the rest of the table, it's weird because it's they're not relevant to the plot. Mm-hmm. Like, what's actually going on with the characters, they're not relevant. They just show up, do things, leaves, and then everyone just kind of forgets about them yeah. until they really, really start getting in the way. And that's kind of this weird thing for this game where it's just like, we have what's going on, we're doing Final Fantasy VII again, but then it's like, these guys show up, and it's like, they do things, but then no one really cares. It was also kind of weird, it was like Stewie from Family Guy was like, who knows that he can talk? And the whispers were the same way up until the end where it's like, okay... A couple people can see them. Oh, now everybody can see them. Yeah, yeah. I don't Although understand. it's still like it, I noticed. At, um, <clears throat> someone pointed it out, and I didn't notice this. It's still true at the end, where only certain people can see them. There's, I think it's the people they're affecting, right? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, it it is. It well, probably. Okay, we got to get into into this. So as you go to thing throughout the entire game, they've dropped microscopic, like tiny little hints about Sephiroth. All you really know about him. Is he's some guy Cloud knew. He's supposed to be dead. And he was a war hero. Except Cloud keeps seeing him. But you're also, you know, Cloud's not all there. They never explain. This is another side effect of like, this is a bit one part of a larger game. Is there several things they start that they don't ever follow up on? So like, I kind of know through other things what the deal with Cloud and his mom and Sephiroth is. But... But he also really doesn't. I also really don't. <laughs> um, and so, like, you have, there is, like, a small scene with Cloud and his mom. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, naturally, I assume they're going to come back to that later. And they do not. Not once. But there's also this recurring thing with Cloud has these headaches. He sees these visions. Stuff isn't always all there. And I'm like, okay, they're going to f- explain this at some point. No, they do not. Yeah. And and when I was, like, it's it's been a while since I've played the original. I'm like, I've mentioned earlier, I'm replaying it right now with my sister, but it's been a while. So it was for me, like looking back at this from, it's been a little bit, it was weird. Cause I was trying to tell like, which of this is new game stuff and which of this is old game stuff as far as just cloud sickness, because with the thing at Sephiroth at the beginning, that didn't happen. Like chapter two, there was, he saw Sephiroth with all that stuff that, didn't happen so i was like what are they doing here yeah but it was one of the first points where i kind of realized they were really fumbling the ball with sephiroth specifically was kind of like you said with the whispers cloud sees sephiroth again because he's seen him like twice before and again you know nothing about this guy 
he goes to swing a sword at him because, you know, is he real? Is he not? And he is real. He is there. No one really comments on this or says anything about it. And mind you, as far as everyone else in the room was concerned, Sephiroth is a famous dude who is also very dead. So it was just this weird moment where I'm like, everyone just kind of, all right, sure. We, we, we move on and this we just keep exploring around this little laboratory. I'm like, I don't know who this man is other than he's <laughs> from, he's on the cover of the steel book I have for some reason. I, all I know is him and Cloud have a thing and he's supposed to be dead, but he's clearly not. What's the deal? And they kind of just do not get into it. They, yeah. They kind of like, you know who Darth Vader is, you know who Sephiroth is. That's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he's the bad guy. I mean, look at him. That's yeah. And he's Which one was... of the most famous JRPG bad guys. You yeah. Know, if you're playing yeah. this game, you know who Sephiroth is. And right? I'm like, or you have some I... idea. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but as a character, you have nothing on him. Because, yeah, yeah he's intricate and... and weird. And part of the thing is that the section of the game that you're remaking, that's how they are setting him up, is he's just like this thing people know about. And then by the time you figure out that he is still alive, you're on your way out from the Shinra building, like trying to figure out what's going on and everything. Like you had your missions, Shinra had its plan, everything's wrecked because Sephiroth just showed up, did things and left. Yeah. And it's it's kind of a weird thing where, like I said, part of the problem is I feel like we had one story going on. We switched to another story. The problem is that story doesn't have actually a conclusion because this is part one of a larger story. So it's like, oh, so I don't get an ending. So to make up for that, they're like, here's this new plot where it's kind of a sequel to Final Fantasy VII. And I'm like, okay, but I still don't understand anything that's happening. Yeah. Like, I don't. Yeah. I, I have trouble with grasping. Because from what Alex has conveyed to me, because he's played the original, Sephiroth is a much more complicated character than just he's the evil bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I've got none of this. I don't know why I should care about any of this. The theories I've heard is that this is like an alternate or a Sephiroth from the future. Yes, yeah, no, that's yeah. which that, I and here's here's my problem with that as just because it has those two separate audiences. You kind of and I'm not sure like they need to make this game stand in its own in its own right and whatnot. But as a person coming to the series, you know nothing about Sephiroth, so he comes in at the end and it's like this is the big deal that we're dealing with right now. Why do I care? Yeah, and I wonder if, you know, that'll kind of be addressed I, in the future games or yeah, game. Or, yeah, like and one interesting thing in this, like, kind of gets into, yeah, the very next thing that happens after the plot, this isn't really spoiling, is that Cloud just tells everyone, like, this is who Sephiroth is to me. And he tells you what happened what five happened years ago. Five that's... years ago. What it goes back and talks about some stuff with his mom. And I won't get spoil any of that, but it's just like, it might have been better if they kind of moved some of that, just even if it was just that, right. to this game. Like while they were locked up in the cell, if Cloud's like, "Here's because, what's going on," yeah. Because although I'm trying to think, narratively speaking, I don't think Cloud even knew Sephiroth was real at that point. But still, they could have shuffled some cards around a little bit and been like, "Hey, he's important, and here are some reasons." Just because the game, like, if you want to do this multi-part thing. You want to make each game stand up as its own, especially because we're going to be waiting like two or three, four or five years for the next one. <laughs> Hopefully not, but yeah, realistically, probably. So you but. want them to, you know, nudge you toward the next game, but not just stand there being like, what's happening? So I think we should probably just move into the ending. I was going to say, we've been dancing around it. Let's, yeah. let's dive in here. So they, you're 
at the Shinra headquarters. You're trying to save Aerith. You get to Aerith, um, but they kind of capture you and you're all locked up in this room. And then I'm trying to remember how they do it in the remake. I remember how they do it in the original, oddly enough, but it's been a while since I did it in the remake. Does Wedge get you out? Is that what? Yeah, happens? Wedge, gets, yeah, you Wedge out. gets you out. There's a helicopter coming, but something else is also happening. You're going through, you're cutting through Hojo's lab and Sephiroth's just there. And you're like, is it one of Cloud's things again? Because he's having the headaches like he usually does. And then Cloud goes up to him and then fights him and he cuts the bridge. And it's like, oh, no, Sephiroth is here. And there's Sephiroth. also a very important thing in a tube. Yeah, there's a very important thing with a tube, which was in the original and is very important. But it's we one of the two things I know about the original. <laughs> so you go into, so you see that, you play a really, well, once again, very padded super chapter. Super padded. That chapter super was padded. probably uh, that, one of that the worst. One, like, uh, yeah, there's really no. no defense for that one. Like, yeah. there's no defense the for the sewer is, one. Like, here's, the defense is that Hojo himself is a very important character. He doesn't add anything at this point, though. No, and you're yeah, just that was all. That, that was just padding for padding for sake, yeah, almost. to and make it, it a like, longer game. Yeah, because yeah, you were fine with what you did with Hojo earlier and whatnot. Mm-hmm. He did not. We did not need to do that. That but, was padding. And I mean, all of the other yeah, characters like, from Shinra who aren't going to be important until next time already got to make their cameos. You could have just made Hojo's a little bit more elaborate, and then I mean, his already was his pretty elaborate. Was yeah. elaborate you got so, to fight Cthulhu. That was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I liked fighting Cthulhu. I didn't like doing the whole thing, and then you fought the swordfish, and then. I don't yeah. know. Oh, yeah. Anyway, once you move out of that into the important stuff. Yeah, yes. once you move out of that into the important stuff, you see that the thing, the, um, so I don't know how much explanation they give it, but you see this thing in a jar that's like this weird, weird, semi human put female, together human female thing. I'm pretty sure they say her name. Yeah, Genova. Genova. Yeah, Genova. Genova's the name of this And thing. you're not sure why it's important, but Sephiroth took it it's somehow connected to sephiroth and cloud yeah and you just follow this trail of blood but it's green because of ratings issues apparently um in the original it was red and you follow it was like a whole horror movie thing when in the yeah, original, yeah, in like, the original was, was this game rated t or m it's rated t it was rated oh. t so it, it plays the uncharted thing of having it be a hard t but a t yeah huh. um so you follow that blood up to the upstairs and but you're because you're supposed to be in a helicopter there is the reason they give for it. But you're upstairs and you're like, is the president here? Because Barrett wants to have some words with him because, you know, he just Barrett. murdered a bunch of people. Yeah. And Barrett's, you know, hates him because he's in charge of Avalanche and whatnot. And you find um, the president hanging off the side of the building. Somehow the president gets a gun on Barrett, which was Yeah, just, which was stupid. That was, that was stupid. But um, yeah. And then Sephiroth comes up during the whole thing stabs the president and, and then stabs then Barrett, stabs Barrett <laughs> which apparently was one of the big deviations yeah which was a <laughs> thing where it was like anyone who had played the original at that point is like oh my goodness you can't do that <laughs> and apparently the ghosty thingies also thought yeah. oh my goodness you can't do that they said that's not happening and they brought him back to life and then you fight then you fight Genova dream reaver in a weird dream sequence in dream week yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what was actually happening there they Genova is like important and Genova is interesting and nostalgic reasons because you fight Genova in some form several times in the original one. So if you're remaking it, it's it's kind of a thing that makes sense. Yeah, it's a thing that makes sense to throw her in at some point. It's also a thing that usually you fight Genova when Sephiroth's involved in some way. Like they save Sephiroth as a boss fight for 
the very mm. end. Yeah, so whenever he shows up, you ed- usually end up sh- fighting Genova in one way or form. Gotcha. Um, so it was and, a nice callback in, in some ways. And oh. it was also, I guess, a uh, this was kind of my, my guess, is it was also a, in case this didn't do well, which it did do very well, and in case this was sort of like, hey, this was all we get to remake, they did fit a Genova in Yeah, in, yeah. In there. So it both made sense and didn't. And yeah, so you fight that. Then you fight a Kingdom Hearts character with a dog. Then you fight Rufus. Which um, was one of my least favorite fights in the whole game. Yeah, no, I kind of agree with that. Like, And that's mostly because Cloud was by himself. And mm -hmm. anytime it was one person and you're so used to your team, you have to kind of relearn what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And also it felt like the most soulsy of all the fights where it was like, get in, whack two times, get out, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was Mm -hmm. like, it was just tedious. (laughs) Alex asked me for advice because he was, he beat the game after i did and he's like how'd you beat rufus i'm like so here's the thing hit him a lot that's all i got that's the only thing yeah no it was stupid it was really yeah stupid. for me it was like get in hit him enough or block enough of his attacks to build a meter use the meter to do the thrust that like kind of stunned him get two or three good licks on him then back out and then repeat and it was yeah, like yeah. Do it that was a weird over fight and i don't and think it was over. really even explained well while you were doing it like I was trying to read some of the things they wanted me to do, but I didn't get it. No, like, and then Tifa shows up after the fight, and it's like, where where were you like 10 yeah. minutes ago? And that's Come on. again where the things where they're calling back to the original. Because in the original, it was a thing where Cloud fought him 1v1. Yeah. 1v2, because you were fighting his dog the, then, the dog. too. But yeah, so Rufus shows up. Um, everyone else is running downstairs, and... Sephiroth shows up again, but doesn't. And yeah, Cloud literally climbs just up the flies yeah, away. Flies. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird, but that, he does that. Um, <laughs> yeah, Alex is sure. I'm like, so did that change? To, he's like, no, he he he, he just flies. Um, and yeah, and I'm like, who is this guy? And Alex is like, then the next game stuff happens. I don't remember all the orders of events. Well, then yeah. Cloud uses a motorcycle as weapon. Well, yeah, yeah. We, we get down. You the other two team tanks, fights a robot, robot thing so because they have to have their boss fight. Then yeah, Which Cloud uses the motorcycle cool. as a weapon. They're all surrounded. Then you get another motorcycle section that was all right. A motorcycle yeah, boss. And fight. as all this is happening, the fates are doing more and more stuff. Yeah, they're like surrounding. They're like Shinra surrounding and Shinra. Midgar at this point. Um, it's like this huge thing where everything's just kind of falling apart and the fates are like trying to put certain things back together. They're like Cloud and company are running away on the motorcycle and like I think debris almost falls on them, but the fates are like, no. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and they are surrounding the building. There's like a bubble around like mm-hmm. all of Midgar or maybe just all of Shinra. Mostly uh, Shinra, Shinra, but yeah, I think he, they're spilling out yeah. around. Yeah. And it's at this point is when the veneer starts to come up of like, this isn't from the original. This is a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. So then at the end of the motorcycle ride. You basically said, do you want to fight the final boss? You're, you're prepared to fight uh, Sephiroth because he kind of taunts you and goes into this portal and then you follow him and you kill Destiny. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and you so you'll, yeah. basically the giant plot twist of Final Fantasy is that. It's Final Fantasy colon remake. It's not a remake of Final Fantasy VII. It is like a retelling alternate dimensions we're into the MCU now kind of thing. So essentially what the the Destiny doodads have been doing, what are they called? The Whispers? The Whispers, yeah. Yeah. They're essentially just trying to make sure history happens in the way it's supposed to happen. So anytime... History big, the original Final Final Fantasy Fantasy VII. VII. Which this is kind of it, it. It knows and doesn't know that it is a like it is a remake of Final Fantasy VII, mm-hmm. and Destiny is like, 
we're going to make sure the same things happen. Stays true to the original. Right. Which you have to fight against because, you know, not all of the things that happen in the original are happy things. So you fight it, you end up killing the Whispers and then getting a one-on-one fight with Sephiroth. Well, yeah, you end up killing, I guess that's the embodiment of the Whispers. It's, yeah, it's essentially uh, some like god of fate. God because, of, yeah, it's fate. It's because it's a Final Fantasy fate. game directed by Numura, so there wasn't a way that we weren't fighting some weird abomination god of darkness. And it was such a long one. fight. It, yeah. is a very, it is a very long fight, and it's not... It's not... It's epic, but not that creative, and not, like... Yeah, honestly, uh, when visually the, entertaining, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. Yeah, we also joked about you didn't fight Sephiroth afterwards. Me and Alex joked later that how you fight Sephiroth, like the location you fight Sephiroth, is okay. But then we immediately afterwards get a cutscene in a much cooler. Like, why didn't the fight take place here? This would have been much like. This was also the part where I was like, oh yeah, the Kingdom Hearts guy made this because we're we're winning by the power of friendship. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, essentially, there were how many falls and hand yeah, grabs no, and, and I pulls thought that up bothered and... me on a logistic standpoint because there is this sense where, like, you're just these dudes who are in way over your head. Yeah, in like in the original, that was kind of where you were at. That point is where you're just kind of wound up in this thing, and Cloud had reasons why he wanted to pursue this and whatnot. But yeah, it is. <sighs> it's a very bizarre... but now you're fighting God of Fate, and you have a flower girl and. Uh, lab rat who, dog you know real uh, not really oh, yeah i keep forgetting red 13 who is a party member in the original final fantasy 7 shows up in this game but it's too late in the game that they didn't want to program another fully playable character so they're like he's just like a bonus character for now next time next yeah, time you'll yeah. be able which to play once again leaves in the weird sephiroth corner where it's like why do i care about him i don't it's more forgivable but it's yeah still because it is it is when he was introduced in the original it like, is it's explicitly where he was introduced in the original um, but, but it's still fight- too late in this one to actually make him a playable character. The yeah. fight with Sephiroth, the final fight, was very much the power of friendship. It's like yeah. Cloud's fighting, and you know, I was on easy at this point, so not really struggling, but you know, assumedly struggling. So here comes a friend. Yeah. And then no, here, now they're struggling. Here comes another friend. Yeah. Oh, now they're struggling. Here comes the last friend, and they, you know, are victorious. I, I have to say a couple things on presentation wise, though. First of all. They had to help him out with the end of this. I think the director of Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, which is Alex has seen it because he is familiar with more Final Fantasy VII stuff. I am. I don't remember it too well, except the fact that it's insane. Yes. And no, not as good as original Final Fantasy VII yeah. content. But the one thing everyone kind of remembers Advent Children for is it has these way over the top insane action sequences. It does. It does. Because you look at Cloud's sword and you look at Sephiroth's sword and like, how do you even have a sword fight with those? And this director for Advent Children is like, well, I have thoughts. And he did. That, and it's mostly cutting through buildings and yes. whatever. So that guy was actually <laughs> brought in to consult on the ending sequences of this. And that kind of explains why all of a sudden it gets super anime right here. <laughs> I will like, say that the, the CG stuff, that not like the actual gameplay, but like the cutscenes that we saw towards the end of the game were some of the best looking. Yeah, yeah. Any like anything that I've last seen in the game. Sword fight, and we'll have to talk about that. Oh, Cloud so and, much to unpack there. Um, and Sephiroth was so good. Yeah, like it yeah. looked good. It was cool. It was. Oh yeah. Um, um, the other thing I have to say is I really actually appreciate a tiniest bit of restraint. Because at this point, they have no restraint. It's like, Genova's in this now. Sephiroth's in this now. A bunch of stuff you don't understand is in this now. They didn't go full out with One-Winged Angel. Like, they do a version of it, but it's not... (laughs) 
the like full giant epic one winged angel that I know when we get to the end of whatever how many games this are and we finally do just face Sephiroth for the final time, you know they're just gonna go nuts with that. It's one of the most famous songs in games. It's there, but it's much more subtle. I was kind of admittedly worried that they were just gonna be like, here, have it, because I'm like, no, kind of the reason it was so cool in the original is like in the original game, they didn't have anything on that level until like they had good music, mm-hmm. but like a full choir shows up at the end of that game and you're like oh snap this is serious so i was like hopefully they can just like that's probably why i like the last two hours of that game where its own disc was just because like they crammed so many things <laughs> and they that just disc. like right <laughs> yeah um so yeah you fight sephiroth defeat him with the power of friendship and then we get this is my other big problem with the back half of this game is things happen they don't explain what are happening but you kind of get the vibe of what's happening like Mm-hmm. So Cloud and Sephiroth have one more sword fight. It's really cool. We have admittedly the one sequence in the game where I feel like they pull back the curtain just enough to realize, oh, this what? is yeah, this is touching on some big old cosmic ideas here of like really like meta stuff. Essentially, Sephiroth tells Cloud, but not in a direct way because apparently we're not allowed to have that. Like you can change things, but only a few seconds. What are you going to do? And then we don't see exactly what Cloud does. And then we just sort of continue with the plot of Final Fantasy VII or so it seems for a few seconds, except things are changed. The whispers are gone. Mm -hmm. So that means we're not locked into the same path. And to prove that, we see some of like the aftermath. Some of the things are the same. Rufus takes control of Shinra and that's going to be the thing now. And then Biggs is alive. Like he... Which he was not. Yeah. In the original, Biggs had died. Biggs was a non-entity, but he's alive. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, that's an interesting choice. And then we get to the sequence that I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast where I watched, and I'm like... With black-haired Cloud? Yes. Yeah. Zach. So, Zach Fair. Yes. A character who I kind of knew who he was, and I knew who died. Like, this is... Here's the thing. I knew one of the four things, and I'm like, there was a guy named Zach. He was the main character. Of, he was a friend of Cloud's. He was the main character of the spinoff Crisis Core. He died before the events of Final Fantasy VII, and that's kind of important. Like, it kicks yeah. off some things. It's right. very important. It's as, as much as Alex it's kept telling like me. one of the most important things. <laughs> yes. And so here's the thing. They show a cutscene of black-haired Cloud, as Andrew called him, Zack. Surrounded. Surrounded and... With the buster sword. With the buster sword and kind of making it out of there. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, and, and he even seems surprised. He's like, oh, oh yeah, I survived that fight. That's the last of them. Yeah. And then I'm going over here in the corner watching Kale playing. It's like, what? He's alive. What's going on? And meanwhile, <laughs> I, knowing, at, like, academically. I was like, this like, has to be from, like, another, like, the, I felt like they had to be doing something special, but it was way over my head. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I'm, I know Zach dies, and I know that Zach, but I don't know that this is the moment but you he's- wouldn't. If you had no previous knowledge and if you didn't have subtitles on. Well, they never once mentioned who he is. Yeah, yeah, but I knew enough. Right, but I'm just saying generally speaking. Generally speaking, you wouldn't. No. But here's the thing. Even knowing that Zach, this is Zach, and he is a character who dies. I didn't know this is when it happened. Like, I knew nothing about the context of Zach's death or what it meant. And I still only mm-hmm. have fuzzy inclinations. So I'm watching the scene. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's Zach. I'm like, I, I, I did kind of joke with Alex because I'm like, since they have to pad this game out, you think they'll touch any of Crisis Core stuff? And Alex is like, no. No, they won't. I'm like, okay, I don't know why. Oh, they touched it. Well, they touched it in a very unique way. So, Zach is supposed to have died at this point. He survives, and that's the note they end on is, all right, we're moving on to the next chapter of Final Fantasy VII, except Zach didn't die. And Not I- only did he not die, but he also 
he and Cloud pass the other mm-hmm. party and like phase through each other. Yeah, which like is, it's not yeah. the Cloud that that Zach isn't necessarily in the same world as the characters we were just playing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's like he's fuzzy. in another timeline. Possibly. See, here's the thing: we've already changed stuff in this timeline. Yeah, this is. We're moving into pure speculation because we don't know what they're right, doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of the thing is sort of the the statement, as Alex has said, that they are making with Zack surviving is none of the rest of this really has to be. Yeah. The statement that they're making. It's and this not is, the same this game. is the statement that they're making is that we feel like we have the right to tell this story however we want to. And it does not have to follow any of the same beats whatever we want to do at this point is what we want to do which it's means also maybe a sequel we yes. don't know that yeah. that's complicated there's the thing one weird thing that we have to touch on is that that final conversation cloud has with Sephiroth is it's the relationship between them at that point is fundamentally different Sephiroth at this point in the plot barely cares about cloud like he knows cloud kind of you're talking but, about the original yeah in the original yeah. But, like, he's doing his own things. But in that conversation, he's almost asking Cloud for help. So but it's, it's like, the theory like, I've heard is yeah, that he's come that, back yeah, he's because come he knew back, he was going to fail. That's kind of a thing where this might be a sequel. Is this a remake or is this a sequel? That kind of puts it into a thing where maybe this is, like, a direct sequel where somehow after stuff, maybe Advent Children is canon, canon now. I don't know. Because weird stuff happened that I don't even remember. I'm going to have to rewatch it. Rewatch that. Which it's weird. He came back somehow and was like, "I wanna, I wanna win this time." The, essentially, yeah. exactly. And he knows where he like screwed up in the first place, and he's trying to correct do that. So yeah, you've got basically the my reference earlier to the most famous spoiler in video game history. They don't have to do that this time. Like they don't. Will they? Probably. But I don't know. <laughs> I d- yes. I think my theory is that they're going to touch on some of like the big key set piece things from the original. But they're going to tell it in a completely different way. Yeah, yeah. Because... Like locations and stuff like that, I think, will be similar. Yeah. But I wouldn't be... And I think it's interesting in one point that I bring up to Caleb when talking about how do they move forward. There are certain things that they've already set up. And it's like, how much of the past, like, before anything's that happened? Because a lot of what you figure out is, like, you have Barrett and you have his daughter, Marlene, Mm -hmm. which we didn't talk about. But that's a huge motivating factor. It's kind of obvious that he's not her, like, biological father. So that's, like, a thing that the game touches on eventually. There's a lot of things that this touches on about the past and whatnot. So how much does that play, like, is that changed? And some of that's, like, fundamental themes of the game. So how much... They're going to touch upon, like, I think the themes and certain ideas behind it. My theory is that they did this so that they didn't have to remake the game exactly the same. Yeah. They but said, they're still going to tell probably the same, like, a similar see, story. See, I am yeah. not as convinced of... I feel like they'll tell you the same general story because otherwise, why not just why, do a proper yeah. sequel? But I feel like having Zack survive... Yeah. Is such a fundamental thing that they are really kind of throwing down a glove and go, we could do very different things. Yeah, like, and I think that something- they, here's the thing. I think where it's kind of a middle ground, I think they'll do both. Yeah. I think that's at this point where they're going to, we're going to get some of the old stories and whatnot. It'll theoretically, like it'll be the same story overall, probably. Yeah. and But in a different way. Yeah, it will. And I think that they'll touch on themes and go deeper into themes and sort of be like, Take apart this story and put it back together. And how many games will it take? 
Um, That's the other interest I think. <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. I'll lose interest by then. Well, that was the kind of thing I t- asked Alex. I'm like, you think they could wrap it up in th- like in a trilogy? I was thinking a trilogy initially, yeah. Yeah, and Alex is sort of sitting there. He's like, there's not a good place to end the next one if it's a trilogy. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, there's not a good there's place not, to end. But like, now if, there if is. If I were making it a trilogy, I wouldn't have ended at where they ended it. I would have gone farther because then you could maybe like fudge that you could make the next one work you'd have to do a lot of groundwork but now because it's a different story story yeah they'll move pieces around they'll probably won't go to locations in the same order they'll like yeah. because like a lot ca- of, it, yeah it kind of makes me want to go play the original so that yeah. i have that to which, which i think is a too. good thing so every because it's like play the original <laughs> this game has so much more weight and is so much more interesting if you know the original right yeah. which i think is i have to come back because this which is, is all really brilliant marketing by square yeah yeah uh i do have to say i do think it's kind of a point against the game i really did kind of want it to stand on its own like i wanted to experience the original through this through it like a hd like easy yeah. like a modern way to play it but i'm also like, not mad with what yeah, they did because no, it's like I actually, oh i didn't i this is unique for a remake yeah, and it yeah. like it I was not expecting this. They did it. They, you know, did something unique and different and that's cool. And honestly, I respect the gumption of basically having the most demanded remake of all time and throwing down the gumption so I do what I want. Shut <laughs> up. Yeah, it's a remake, but it's also a remake. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's a retelling in yeah. some ways. It's not just like the same thing over again, but it's it's funny cuz I think it's weird tangent. It's kind of going back to like when you go back to old myths and whatnot. And people told them how they wanted. They would reshuffle the parts and be like, you know, I think Robin Hood did this here. Robin Hood, you know, defeated um, Little John little in this John, way. Or, or yeah, Prince John. Little, Prince John. Prince. Yeah. Not Little John. Anyway. Or the Sheriff. Of yeah. The Shiring of Nottingham this way or that way or whatnot. And you get all these different tellings. And we do that with lots of stuff. And it's sort of being like, we kind of want to do this here. We want to tell this. It's just However, weird to have it. the like it original creators or or like the uh, the original company, I guess, do it to their own thing. Well, yeah. and it's also weird to have that meta textual and like yeah, and to make it like physically a thing. Like it is part of the text of this game that we are changing the text of the original game. Right. Yeah, and it's like freaking. I Am think, I playing the Stanley Parable? Or? I think it's super cool. I think oh, it is. I, cool. I don't know. the audacity. Yeah, it, uh, one thing that I think I've seen a concern online is that it depends what they do with it. Right. You yeah, know, we'll the, have to the, see how it plays the out. The series right. itself will now, they're saying, like, we get to do what they want. They now have to earn that. But yes. if, they, if, they, if they do what they did with the first one, with this one, and keep that cadence of, Paying homage to the original while also creating something unique, I think that would be a good balance. But mm-hmm. yeah, they have to pull that off. They yeah. do. And I also, I will say, I did mention like, during the first half of this game, I'm like, this this might be one of my new favorite things of all time. When I got to the end and once I hit the end and once I kind of digested what the end of it meant, I'm like, this could still be one of my favorite video game like things of all time. The complete Final Fantasy VII remake project. Yeah, like the project. Could be... Like up there with Ocarina and like foundational important work. Super of, ambitious. Yeah. It now, instead of like the first half, I'm like, whether or not the rest of this works, this first part rules. Now I'm like, everything depends on how they pull this off. Like everything depends yeah, yeah. on. And I think they build up some good faith here because they did so well with the characters. Yes. The characters getting right was super important and they nailed it. I love all, we didn't get enough time to talk about Barrett and Tifa. Tifa's great too. Like Tifa is Tifa was 
best girl for me. Yeah, like, it's, she it's, was. She, I, I love Tifa. Yeah, and I honestly wanted like one or two more flashbacks to their childhood because yeah. I liked their dynamics. Yeah, it was. Kids. And the, I thought they all the character, all the main characters mm-hmm. that they knocked out even, of the park. Even Charlie Sheen lookalike uh, Biggs, I actually thought was a fairly interesting character. Like, uh, yeah, he, he was endearing. He was weird, but he was endearing. Even yeah, yeah like I'd call them like the B cast. They yeah. were they were good. And then there was the NPCs where they're like, we don't feel like animating their no. faces. <laughs> even yeah. Um, <laughs> Harsh, even but fair. even <laughs> there were t- two different Spider-Man and a Superman in this game. There, there. Um, you did notice, like that one dude who had like the giant crush on um, on Tifa, who kept showing in and out, like that that guy. Oh yeah, yeah, that was the that Spider-Man. Was Yuri. Yeah, it was, I, I heard him. Like, is that Spider-Man? And then the credits. I'm like, it was Yuri. Okay. Something I want to touch on before we close this out is I made the comment about Zach being in like an alternate dimension. You see that dog on the bag of chips. Yes, and yeah. it's a completely different type dog, of dog. Yeah. But it, it's so it's like a Spider Verse kind of thing where it's like that dog exists and it plays the same role, but it's a completely different right. Breed. But here's where time travel gets involved and could make it weird because I've seen the alternate dimension theory. Um, one of the foremost Final Fantasy VII fans on the internet, Maximilian Dude, theorizes that the next game will actually be like split, and you'll see like the perspective of the people going through chunks of the normal Final Fantasy VII, oh, and then the because here's the thing: Zach being alive fundamentally changes the relationships of several key characters i know that much yeah kind of <laughs> yeah see your squirreliness about that also confirms as much as you're kind of de- moving away from it and so like we'd see the effects of like okay what would that happen so that's the question I, right now really as far as zach is is where is if he? if he's alive where is he yeah exactly because him being alive can like that because that was all there were two things. clouds in that scene well, yeah, but that that wasn't so much. Yeah, okay, a, but here's the thing: I will kind of spoil it. That happens earlier. Yeah, it happens way before. Yeah, it happens before everything yeah. happens. That I've watched a bunch of stuff that's you know spoiled some <laughs> of the original game for me. So but, yeah, I know. But yeah, it, it's entirely possible that instead of creating two parallel timelines, it just it maybe it's it's the glimpse we saw changed so much that like it altered the timeline they're already in, which is already a different. I love time travel so much. This would be what I would like to call a um, free rewritable. It's like Back to the Future, where you go back and you change something and it has a butterfly effect and it changes a bunch of things. So it's like in Back to the Future where time's catching up with them. Like, yeah. that's Because he lived, it changed everything. Well, yeah. and In it would, some ways, yeah. yeah. Or Cloud figured out the right seven seconds to change that would keep... Because yeah, Cloud has... a key factor here that I can't talk about, but it's like... I think I know parts of it, and it's like, Cloud has reasons why he feels really bad about Zack being dead. Yeah, and Cloud's... You, you know Cloud's not okay, and there's more to that than the game yeah. tells you. Yeah. So, it's... Here's the thing about Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm really, really interested to see what's next. Please, for the love of all that is good, give me one good thing in 2020 and just tell me you're working on the next one. It's coming out soon. <laughs> they have said they're working on it. I know, yeah. but tell me it's coming out soon. Like <laughs> they, I, I mean, they've said that they're hoping for like a two-year kind of time period, but I hope go. Okay, it was what, like know. seven or nine or something for the first one, so who knows what happens. Do you yeah. guys remember how- It is in-house now. One yeah, development I, history thing here is- And they the have a lot of assets and stuff yeah, already, yeah. so like, yeah. I and the biggest benefit concern of the doubt they could do it. I, yeah, the, like, big, the biggest concern is it's PS4 to PS5. Yeah. Like, or Xbox to whatever. Yeah, the Series X, the 1X to the Series X. And I don't think it'll be a huge thing for we next time. We won't even have the 1X version until Series X is out, which is kind yeah. of funny. <laughs> yeah, but that is the- 
it's not going to be a big part for part two, but part three and onward, because part two is still going to probably look gorgeous. They'll beef up the assets a little bit. They'll make it run really well with the new hardware. But for part three, at that point, it will be late into the five years and they'll want it to look nice. So they'll probably like really work. So that one might get pushed back a bit because it's like, no, we're making this natively for like taking full advantage of the hardware so it'll be a gorgeous game because this one already is gorgeous i was when i watched the opening cutscene, my mom was just in the room wasn't paying attention she looks just like oh that's really pretty i'm like yeah, yeah the cutscenes are some of the best i've ever seen yeah, yeah. and the character models look great mm-hmm. for the main crew yes <laughs> and no, it, it, you can tell where they like focused hard where they focused and where they let things slip but yeah. overall really good game i'm glad i beat it because the getting to the ending makes the whole game so much better and, and it's, so much more worth it yeah, and it, it, it gives you a lot to think about it's, if you fell off like where it started to feel like a slog go ahead and finish yeah, yeah you yeah. wouldn't appreciate what a like work of art it is and mm. how ambitious it is so. yeah this is definitely not them just making easy money and like oh we remake the one everyone already likes and we'll just rake in the cash over it's, yeah, no, it's they're, them they're doing some people unique. who care like i know that they said when they were remaking this like they were like one of the reasons they want to do this, and it's funny because you go back to early interviews and they mention this and it's like, we still want to surprise people. Like if we just come in this and just remake the same old game, then people know what to expect. We want to be able to surprise people. We still want new stuff. And some of the people who worked on this are actually some of the people who worked on the original 20 odd years ago. And they're like, if we're going to come back to this, we want to have a good reason to. So it's interesting what they're doing. Bold dangerous risky but interesting and i'm interested to see where it goes bold dangerous interesting and risky i like that summation of this game (laughs) all right well you want to take us out andrew thank you for listening guys this has been a good discussion on final fantasy 7 remake hopefully it's not too long before we can you know have a discussion on final fantasy remake part two definitely bunch of stuff we couldn't touch on oh because it's just a a big beefy game but i think we did a good job of of kind of encapsulating it so yeah i just wanted to say just close it out say thanks for checking out this episode of the level playing field podcast we hope you enjoyed it if you'd like to help us out in growing our community please check us out on facebook twitter instagram and youtube and give us a like or a follow and if you have any suggestions questions or just want to say hey feel free to reach out on social media or email us at lpfgamespodcast at gmail.com Big thank you to my co-hosts, Caleb and Alex, and an even bigger thank you to our listeners. We sincerely appreciate you. Say goodbye, you guys. Bye. Goodbye, you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.